0: The following program contains mature language of potential spoilers. Listeners, be advised.
1: Part 1. Man of Steel. Spelled S-T-E-A-L. It's subtlety, bro. Like Prometheus stealing fire from the G-O-D... But the fire is the DCEU, and Warner Brothers is Prometheus. Well technically, Prometheus is Fox. And I'm also straight fire, right? Point is, Prometheus is the bad guy here, because stealing is wrong.
2: Stop, stop. Now go. Hold well, no, I'm just saying this was the one instance I wish we were recording while we watched it together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's just so long. Mm-hmm.
2: No, it was just Dude. so I, I I literally was sitting there, I was watching I watched it with my mom. And I was there was times I'm like, I wish Frank was here right now. <laughs> I need him here right now. Never
0: needed him more than now. <laughs> okay, so uh hey everybody, welcome to the uh DC bloodlines pot rolled spine.
3: The, We've done
0: this plenty of time. Welcome to a DC special. This is uh, Rolled Spine DC Special. I'm little oh, Machine. what is But oh, what? Huh? Hello. 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 Diablo Frank. I'm here. I'm here too. Mister Fix It. Mister
2: Fix It. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Are you bad? Did I, did I fade out? No.
3: We uh, we always heard you.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, we could Hear you. You started going hello right when I was introducing the podcast. Sorry. No. Well, no. On my <laughs> end, it was saying that my network was down. <laughs> hmm. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so I just wanted to make sure like y'all aren't talking, and I didn't hear nothing on my end. So
0: my bad. Oh, okay. Here, so let's let's start that over again. Okay. Hey everybody. Welcome to the Rolled Spine DC Special. I'm little Machine. <laughs> And with me is... the yeah, ugly frank. And? Senor Fix-It. And today we're going to talk about Zack Snyder's Snyder Cut of Justice League.
3: Well, we're America. going bigger than that, right? Fuck yeah. <laughs> we're going bigger um, than that because at least one of us decided they were going to go back and watch all the Snyder movies. I think that someone is you, in fact.
0: Well, it's kind of a coincidence because we watched Wonder Woman, the OG Wonder Woman. I mean, OG Jenkins Snyder Wonder Woman in preparation for Wonder Woman 84, which is technically in chronological order the way the DC Universe should go. You watch Wonder Woman... Woman, which takes place in World War One, then you watch Wonder Woman eighty four, which takes place in eighty four, and then you would then you would watch you know uh, Batman v Super... No, you would watch Man of Steel, then Batman Superman, Dawn of Justice, um, and then Justice. Well, wait, League. where do, when does Aquaman come in? Aquaman's after uh, Justice League, is it okay? Yeah, well, that's chronologically, he, though. Yeah, know chronologically, right? Because well, no,
3: because he, remember uh, you've got uh, his childhood is in Aquaman from his birth. So yes,
0: yeah, so what? And in Shazam, those are just flashbacks. Are just flashbacks. I don't know. I never, I never watched. So I don't know where it fits in. I think whenever I look at uh, stupid, dumb blogs list them chronologically. I think we're doing right okay so far. I think next we would be Aquaman, but whatever. It, look, it, guys, chill out.
3: Well, they, they just today one of the bigger pop culture sites uh, did an actual chronology out, and they pointed out like Superman was supposed to be 33 in Man of Steel, and so he's he's uh, like Bruce Wayne's parents actually dies before he lands on Earth, and they did the whole shebang, and then Aquaman was X years old when we shows up and so they they actually put it out uh, by years like 1990 and stuff
0: okay well then we screwed up i apologize Anyway, since we'd gone through Wonder Woman 1 and Wonder Woman 2, and then we had Justice League come in next, and I was like, oh, man, how many movies do we have to watch to watch the Snyder Cut? And it was like two movies, Man of Steel and uh, Batman v. Superman, Dawn of Justice. And then I realized, like, that's really not really a lot of movie. And I saw the runtime of Man of Steel was like two hours and 20 minutes. And I was like, really? And then, you know, the ultimate edition of Batman v. Superman is three hours and something. And I was like, oh, my God. And the Snyder Cut is four hours and two minutes. And I was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) like between man of steel. um, Okay. And, and wonder woman 84 is super long too. I'm like, good Lord. These movies are long. Mm. Um, but with only being t- two movies before uh, JLA, I decided to, we just watch them.
3: Just commit, basically. Yeah. You just committed so, so hard.
0: S- starting last week, we did Man of Steel. And then we split uh, Ultimate Edition up into two nights. And then we split uh, Witch Majiga, uh, JLA, up into two nights. Snyder Cut, two nights.
2: Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, so I did different. I watched Batman versus Superman. I watched the the Justice League that came out in 2017. It's referred and to Watched. As, then we watched the Snyder Cut unstop or – Nonstopped. Watched it all in one night. It's referred to as the Justice
0: League. Okay. The so Justice you could League. Re- I can yeah. see that. It's Justice League and the Snyder Cut. Those are the two we're doing here. So I can just give you my quick impressions. I had never seen Man of Steel. I so. see.
3: I thought you might have seen it. Didn't you say that you know. were watching it in line to see Justice League? Like, yeah, you we, we, we went
2: yeah, to go we, see. We went to go see uh, Batman versus Superman. Yes. And we were and I and I had my phone there, and I'm like, "Hey, dude, I own it. Do you want to watch it?" So we just sat there waiting to go see Batman versus Superman, and he's watching it on my phone. And I will always distinctly remember because kids were walking out crying about the theater because Superman and Batman were fighting. Yeah, yeah. That was they were like really bothered by that. Why Little
0: were they kid. fighting? And all this, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, and I was just, we were just dying laughing I'm like oh this is gonna be but fantastic. I think we only made it like 25 minutes into the movie like yeah about, know, like, yeah yeah you, ooh, you didn't we didn't watch the whole thing yeah
1: goodbye my son I hope some dreams travel with you he'll be an outcast I'll kill him how he'll be a god to them. What if a child dreamed of becoming something other than what society had intended? What if a child aspired to something greater?
3: My son was in the bus.
0: He saw what Clark did.
2: You're the answer, son. You're the answer to Are We Alone in the Universe? Can I just pretending i'm your son you are my son i have to believe that you were sent here for a reason
1: and even if it takes the rest of your life you owe it to yourself to find out what that reason is how do you find someone who has spent a lifetime covering his tracks for some he was a guardian angel others, a ghost, who never quite fit in. You will give the people of Earth an ideal to strive towards. They will race behind you, they will stumble, they will fall. But in time, they will join you in the sun. In time, you will help them accomplish wonders. your son is safe? I will find him! My father believed that if the world found out who I really was, it'd reject me. He was convinced that the world wasn't ready. What do you think? What's the S stand for? It's not an S. Here is an S. How about... Excuse me.
0: So, yeah. Anyway, so I've got, like... One note about Man of Steel. Do you want to hear my note about Man of Steel? Sure. This movie's two and a half hours long, and I was kind of semi-paying attention to it until like it started going so long that I was like started being re- like really noticing it. And his, there's not a single joke in the entire movie until you get to the very end where uh what do you call it? I think what one of like the army people at the very end says like he's kind of hot or something like that. And then when Clark Kent walks into the Daily Planet and she says "Welcome to the planet," those are the two jokes, and they're within like two minutes of each other <laughs> at the very very. very end, like, epilogue of the film. And I was like, that's it. There was not a single joke in the entire two-and-a-half-hour-long movie. And also, the first half of the movie where they're cutting him, like, him growing up, and I realized yeah. they're, they're like, we don't need to tell Clark's origin again. Everybody knows it, right? Kind of like they did, well, not kind of like, because they did. it was way less effective in Man of Steel, but, you know, kind of with uh, they didn't have to do Uncle Ben dying again, right? <laughs> Dad, or, you mean Grandpa Clark? No, no, no. I'm talking about Uncle Ben in, in Spider-Man. Oh, in Spider-Man, my bad. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about how, how the, the last round of uh, Spider- Spider-Man movies, we didn't go through the whole true, true, uh, yeah. Uncle Ben dies again. It's like, we don't need to do that. So it's just sort of like, he's with Aunt May, you don't know what happens to his parents you, they, they don't say where his uncle is but we all know right uh and then tony stark kind of just falls in as the with great power comes great responsibility stronger, voice yeah. in his head. We, we don't need to tell it all over again we, we don't need to show him dressed up you know wrestling you know and home dude gets by him and or kills on to just,
2: create the web
0: yeah yeah we don't need to do all that so they kind of like rushed through it in man of steel like we don't need to see him growing up on the farm again so that we just show it to you in little flashbacks but i literally i felt like i was watching it's cut so hard in the beginning of that movie, it's like I'm watching a YouTube recap of Man of Steel. Like it's just he's working at a bar and some dude dumps a beer on his head. And then he's saving a um a, a, a bus full of kids. And now he's working at the Arctic and he meets Lois Lane. And now it's just like boom, 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 like nonstop. And then the movie just – so there it's like going too fast. Like the, the movie's not breathing at all. And, it, and every flashback is something horrible happening to Clark. All of it is horrible. It's never his loving family raising him. It's just nothing but he's getting picked on by kids kids and he wants to kill them and he's squeezing the fence post and like crumples it like a can or his dad's telling him you know to hell with people on earth you should never deal with people. like people on earth are horrible don't you know just be you don't worry about him and his mom's telling him that the whole movie too you know like to help these people they don't appreciate you anyway
3: maybe you um, should let the busload of kids die so that you can keep your yeah, secret
0: that's yeah. yeah his dad said you should just let him die clark you should just let him die i couldn't let him die I just let him die you know and just everything and then it's the parent you know the, the people are going to the family because this isn't the first time this has happened with your boy and it's just everything is horrible every time they cut to Clark's life something terrible happening and it's just like oh you're literally showing us the low lights of his whole life and then it just it gets like somehow goes downhill from there <laughs> it's just like the movie's just horribly it I mean and this is where I was like okay I, I was trying to go into these movies and be like okay there's a lot of death and destruction in the Marvel movies you know Civil War points it out that's like look this is like wh- horrible stuff happening right and people would always make the criticism that we don't talk about this you know the Snyder movies are violent but so with the Marvel movies look guys there's a difference okay there's a difference when the whole movie there isn't a single joke the whole movie is death and destruction and the set sa- and, and beating rejection me over the
3: alienation just un- hatred of you know for no real reason and and, and beating me over the head with
0: religious connotations and, and and he's an illegal alien it's like every you're trying to cram everything into these movies every different take on why superman should suck you cram them them All in. You don't just ride one. That maybe he's could could be some sort of Christ figure for people. You have to do them all. He's an illegal alien. He's a threat to the world, and he's. It, some people think of him as some religious. It's just like all of them. We got to fit them all in, dude. You know, it, it. It just. It's real, real. I'm like, okay, no, th- this is like sad. And then of, of course they talk about the color tones. The color tones. Are, look, dude. Color is real. When, when when everything's sepia tone and desaturated, and it's nothing but death and destruction and murder. Look, dude like, this is real stuff. Like, there's science around the way colors affect people's moods and stuff. It's, it is different. It's different when you sprinkle the death and destruction in with funny jokes and really bright colors. It, it's different. It's, I'm sorry, but it is. Uh, you know, you, you can't just boil it down to be so simple be like, well, people, blind. there's violence and death in both the movies. Okay, sure. But that's being way too, you're just scratching the surface here. So Man of Steel is, is, is like, super depressing. The movie's, like, really, really depressing, and it's cold, and it, it's slow. It, just, despite all the the in spite of all the jump cuts all the time it's somehow really slow and like, it's like a slog to get through man of steel
3: mr fix it uh, well, yeah. you how did you watch man of steel did you see it theatrically i assume right yes and i own it so talk about it talk about your feelings about that movie
2: um i mean max pretty much on it. i mean it's it's really weird it, it's it's very depressing like he wraps the guy the guy that pours coffee on me wraps his truck around a pole he's
0: right he's, how again gratuitous like yeah, he's he, just go but, out there and and like uh pull the motor out and the Guys goes to start it and his truck doesn't start he wraps it around in a semi truck around telephone poles like
2: what, so that's what's the thing? subtle it's, about this superman is kind of an asshole like he's not very likable in the movie
0: i i didn't particularly care for him
2: but then they try to redeem him by you know he's saving everybody on the oil rig and i don't know it it, it was really weird because it was almost like he was a you know cane from kung fu where he's just walking around finding adventures and shit like that um and i just i don't know i, I just remember watching i was thinking like okay this is your take superman's kind of an asshole he he's it almost feels like he's He's guilted into being a hero by his dad who dies in a fucking uh, hurricane where like, the storm is coming and he's going to save him and he's like, don't, don't, don't. I don't want people to see who you are. And he gets swept away and killed and he's like guilted into being a hero. So I just, it was just really, I mean, it's just a weird movie. I, I mean, it was okay. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'd rewatch it anytime soon again after watching it, but there was just certain scenes like that that just kind of stood out to me. Like what, what was his motivation? And it felt like he was just guilted into being a hero. Like he could have gone either way.
0: No it's like he wants to be a hero in his family i don't think so dude I, his I, I family did
2: Burn. not want now, if, if he you watched o- and you see a uh, superman go evil you're like i could totally see superman going this route like at a young age realizing shit i can i can like smash these things and they go away and i can do whatever i want well but, but, but I, I, think I think that's Kent, a fair Paul point Kent, so through gri- dude that scene where he's like he's gonna go rescue him and the storm's coming he's like no 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 and it just lets himself get swept up dude that's like that has to weigh heavy on him like well you know i have to try to save everyone now i can't let anyone one die so
3: I don't know well it's that's actually the, that's the opposite kind of, of what his dad's teaching him though his dad is so concerned for him being he's taken away by his the world that he's willing to die to prevent that from happening so yeah. I I think the opposite is true I think Paul was doing his very best to tell uh, uh, Clark don't do anything don't just live your life and live it for yourself and don't let the world uh come in for you and don't let the world you know take you away from us so I I, I think it's the opposite is I maybe Clark wants to save everybody because he didn't save his dad but I think his dad was trying to instill in him, don't save anybody. Just keep this no, for like, yourself and live Bobby your life.
2: That's an asshole because he's like, you're, you're giving these amazing gifts. Go work out a fucking, you know, Starbucks. Yes.
0: Dude, Mr. Fix-It, he told him after he saved that bus full of kids, no, he even true. says, I was supposed to let him die. And he's like, yeah, yes, you're supposed to let them die because the world finding out who you are will cause way more death and destruction than you just letting a bus full of kids die, which I think is a completely valid argument. But is this really, do we need to go this? Deep on a super, I mean, because the soup he exists. So, like, i look, I understand you're trying to give Superman flaws. He's too omnipotent. I get it. I get this. But I, let's why don't we pick one thing for him to wrestle with? Maybe we just pick the religious thing. We don't need to pick with the, you know, he what? He, uh, I don't know if it was in uh, Dawn of Justice where he gave the example of, you know, when he and his dad spent all night digging the trench to save their farm. They actually just diverted the river downstream and flooded the whole his his neighbor's farm and his horses all drowned throughout the night and the screams of the horses haunted him his whole life and stuff. And
3: and, and it's important there too because they mentioned it's the Lang farm. So my assumption is that the cute girl that was on the bus that was feeling bad for getting picked on, I assume that's Lana Lang who of course is well known to people through the Smallville TV show and has deep roots in the comic books and the only presence of the Langs in the Superman movies is that, oh yeah, the the Kent family drowned their horses. You know, that's kind of in a nutshell what Snyder was doing to the DC universe because it's always that. It's always Pete Ross the guy who's calling Clark like a dick wipe or something on the bus and then he gets his life saved so he just keeps giving him meaningful glances knowing that Clark's got powers but not standing up for him or, or you know helping him much just you know being nice to him and knowing his secret and then he goes and works at an IHOP and that's and he attends the funeral he keeps popping up throughout the movies although it'd be easy to miss him because he doesn't look like any Pete Ross we've ever seen before and he doesn't actually do anything besides exchange meaningful glances with Clark knowing that he's got his powers that's what these movies do to the DC universe it makes them small and depressed and colorless and that's what people reacted so violently against I think beyond the actual ultraviolence in the movies and,
0: and yeah. that's a good way to put it small I, I don't know how these movies I don't, the Snyder verse feels so tiny even though it's a constantly trying to expand out but I I have the I, I was thinking about that while I was watching the Snyder cut last night I'm like how does this movie feel so small like the universe feels so tiny with all these massively hugely powerful characters and, and oh I God. was and,
2: they're all gods.
0: I, they're super gods, right? Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Batman that. Batman is the only.
2: Well, I guess you could say Batman is the god of man because he he, he outsmarts all other humans. But Superman's a god. Wonder Woman's a god. Flash is the god of the the speed force.
0: Well, and, and that's what I was trying. I was saying like I you know we were discussing Wonder Woman's powers in the prior podcast. So like, we don't know what they are. And it's just like uh, this is another thing too. Like how do you, I don't know what Aquaman's powers are, are either. It seemed like every five seconds he had a new power. And then I realized, oh wait, they just all have the same powers. They're all completely invulnerable to damage because none of them even get a cut in these in this whole movie right so they're all completely invulnerable they all all shoot some sort of laser blast all of them Uh, even aquaman at some point was shooting blasts with the trident and i'm like well when did that start happening uh they've all got super strength they can all fly they're like at some point aquaman is soaring down and doing superhero like landings and i'm like he can fly now too a second ago he was having to get helped by cyborg like how is he flying it's just like so weird they all fly shoot blasts are invulnerable and have super strength so wait are we talking about the snyder cut now
3: no, no, not, not yet. Not I just yet. Said so, yeah. Mister Fix it. I want you to carry on with Man of Steel. Like Sorry. you saw it theatrically. How did you react to it? How did, did you go with people? What, what was your situation there? Uh Did I go with somebody? I don't remember. I don't remember. I went. Some, I
2: remember going to see it, and I, I was familiar with uh, Snyder. Or yeah, I, I was familiar with his films like Three Hundred and Watchmen, which I had seen in the theater. So I'm like, all right, let's see what's gonna go. I I I really didn't like General Zod. I I don't know. Like even the Kryptonian. Were I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to put it like they I guess I I guess I was too stuck on my member berries of the original Superman movies mm-hmm. so like General Zod and and uh, what was the name Og or Nog
3: a uh, uh, non
2: not not nah, like those were kind of lighthearted fun but still a little dark oh but these they were, were just pretty dark fucking dark
3: yeah huh? I mean because I remember you always responded especially well to Superman 2 because of the oh, yeah, inference dude, of this. darkness uh, without uh, actually dwelling in it I think that's the Don big difference could,
2: I, I love those movies dude like Superman and superman 2 hell i even like the one with richard Pryor. i thought that was okay uh the world the one for world peace or whatever that one just kind of sucks <laughs> i i like the old dc movie. even the original batman 1 and 2 i told you, i gave you praise because you you were right about batman returns is fantastic and so i'm kind of i guess i'm stuck with those movies because those were my movies growing up so when i watched these and they're so much darker and like I, I did like the fact that the kryptonians were more like militaristic and they didn't know how to deal with their powers on the earth but they were like i guess they were after dr- uh uh, uh, Superman because of the shit his dad did. But even his dad was like a badass on their planet. <laughs> he wasn't like a scientist. He's, he was like a fucking badass. They were all just badasses. Everyone from Krypton is just a badass. Like it's a planet of fighters. And so it's just kind of like, oh, that's yeah, kind of weird. Can,
0: well, can, can I say I kind of like that? I, I like it. Really? The that, yeah, I, I like that they had, the Kryptonians But even his used dad, to, dude? Like, no, I, I no. thought no, like okay, his dad uh, was a okay. scientist. A man I, of science. I liked the and, concept that the Kryptonians had been so technologically advanced, they'd actually gone to all these planets, but then they realized that they didn't need to anymore, and they could just genetically engineer themselves to be perfect. Like, yeah. like people are talking about CRISPR being able to do now, where you can literally just edit. You don't need to have sex anymore to have a baby. You, we'll just manufacture perfect humans. But, by, but the criticism criticism of that is you can't make everybody a doctor. Like, every planet needs, you know, look, you need janitors, you need people who can be construction workers, so you need some free will to determine these things. When they were like, basically, we're gonna make you a doctor, and they were just programming these kids. Like, they're a real, like, of tr- the human race is kind of slowly trending that way nobody wants a kid that's going to be a construction worker nobody wants to be the construction worker so eventually we're going to start picking them right uh, uh i i thought that that was actually a really interesting take on it unfortunately that's like kind of uh i don't know i kind, I kind of like that i don't know i liked it but I,
2: whatever i, I, thought that was I, interesting I read it i read invincible and invincible that's kind of they they do that story arc where i believe they're the vermilion or the kryptonians and they're all warlike and they go around the universe and dominate planets and you know the dad comes to earth and he kind of falls in love with the human race and so his kid is more half human half them and so i, I like i've i've read that book and it was interesting watching it on film it was kind of like uh, i mean they're, they're just like a bunch of military guys it was just like an invasion force and yet he could beat the shit out of all of them
3: yeah and i i agree with both of you to varying degrees i really enjoyed the krypton sequence i thought that it was a, a good action uh big ideas which i enjoyed yeah they definitely cribbed from the matrix and some of the visuals for instance uh, amongst others my thing was that I feel like Zack Snyder brought in Russell Crowe to play jor because he wanted that gladiator action he wanted that fighter and what I appreciated that Russell Crowe did is he clearly was watching Marlon Brando in the first movies and trying to affect that accent to some degree that same sort of quasi-English accent and most of the movie he is more intellectual and more about using his brain to make things happen because he physically can't interact with things so I preferred jor later in the movie when he wasn't a big action hero but I like that the was that big action that sci-fi action i like that there was a sense of adventure to the stuff going on on krypton and i think my major issue with michael shannon as general zod besides the fact that he isn't Terrence stamp and nobody's going to top Terrence stamp as zod without doing something similar uh, is that he had this sort of southern accent which isn't even Chan- michael shannon's accent and it's weird hearing that southern accent contrast against everybody else doing either an actual english accent or a variation on that that was a little odd but i really enjoyed them digging into science fiction aspects of krypton because i i think that there is a tendency to make krypton just again the boring crystal place from the earlier movies and not Maybe. allow that Maybe. world yeah. to have full life now i love the crystal stuff too well, nah, Don't dude, be they, wrong. Cool
2: the, they do the cool judgment thing and they throw them into the right. into the mirror oh yeah oh no bring that's, the mirror into space
3: and it's so much better than the original movies than those flying dicks that they put the ones in man of steel like why oh, are they, they were
0: dude they were 100 flying dicks
3: and all the <laughs> doors are are pussy what the fuck is up with this shit
0: oh dude their vaginas all over his all over his ship it's very and, but that's like the ship where he was like weird. Weirdly Born. I, I don't think any of that stuff is on accident. That, that's no, some, like, no. I think that's some, like, second grader Geiger stuff.
3: Exactly. You know exactly. Like, and while I was watching the movie, I was thinking, you know, he Zack Snyder actually ought to do an Alien movie. He would be a good fit for Alien, especially now that it doesn't have the prestige used to have. But you can even tell that we're going back to dicks and pussies and it's like Geiger was already past dicks and pussies while also incorporating them. So again, it's stupid Geiger the way it's stupid Nolan.
0: You, okay, yeah. Excellent way to put it. And I'll also say, uh, the other thing the old Donner movies did way better was that the Chris were cool the dumb usb sticks that are just everywhere in man of steel everywhere these dumb dumbs turn there's a usb stick and you put it in a little bit and it sucks it in and then all you got to do is just push it harder and fucking whatever mcguffin they need to happen happens it's like oh well did you try pushing the usb stick oh now it can make doomsday now it can do it's just like you just press the you and i was so sick and tired of them doing there's an orifice and they zoom in on the superman logoed usb and then it's like nothing happens and then they press it and then something would happen i think i swear it happened Happens like half a dozen times in Man <laughs> of Steel. It's so stupid, and I'm like, "Where are the crystals at? The crystals look way better than this shit." Um, anyway, I, that was something I got him. I was just like, "Okay, oh, I'm guess they're gonna push that USB stick." Oh, yay! Now Lois is talking to his dad, and he's taking over the ship.
3: I'll admit that the crystals are better, and obviously that's what they're referencing. But I actually kind of dug the the branded USB sticks. I especially like that the different houses had their own brand, their own shields. i It was it was comic booky in a way that I found amusing.
0: No, so. that and uh, yeah, I thought the different shields were cool. I, I didn't have any problem with that too. I, again, th- there was some stuff to like in that movie, but uh, yeah, it just... And it's it's just so slow. It's just so boring, dude. Man of Steel is super boring, guys. Super boring. um
3: I'm not sure I agree with that, actually. One of the things I liked about Man of Steel, I in uh, you know my story was uh, me and Paquito were doing a road trip when the movie came out, and I felt a real twinge to like, well, maybe we'll spend a night someplace and we'll watch the movie because there was a rumor going around that uh, there was this general guy in the movie who had this like cross shaped you know uh harness at one point, and they were all trying to say that he was going to be Martian manager, and then later on they, they said, well, no, clearly he. Wasn't wasn't Norseman, we never see that guy, and so I was like, "Cool, great, whatever." I'll just wait to see it then. And then we got back from a road trip. I saw it theatrically. I'm not sure if it was me and Bakita. I thought I might have seen it with one of you guys. I'm not sure, but I watched it. And this was after the fervor, after everybody was already mad at it, which I think helped too because that helped to uh, temper my expectations. But seeing it theatrically, I had issues with it, a lot of the same issues other people had with it. But I thought it was a lot better than I was expecting. And one of the things I, I really liked about watching it, not only the first time, but especially this time, because like uh, Mac, I just decided to go ahead and watch all the Snyder movies too because I I, I want to make sure that I could be a part of that conversation since he put in that effort I like how single minded it is I like that it doesn't try to go in all these different directions the way that Dawn of Justice did the main story is they set it up you know Jor-El versus Zod they're trying to get the thing that's going to make the Kryptonians come back to life again you know Superman activates the ship which brings the evil Kryptonians to him they have a big fight and then Superman figures out who he's going to be at the end of the movie it's a really straight line and they just drop in all those flashbacks to fill in some of the details. Um, I like that it's so single-minded. I I think that that's where Snyder's Lane is is tell a simple story with a lot of, you know, action and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, symphonic score and just like, go big but keep it simple because you can't handle the complicated shit. So I actually I liked and continue to like Man of Steel. I continue to have the same problems that other people have in particular, Pa Kent's ideology, which I think is closer to Snyder's than Superman is. It's interesting to me because it's clear throughout the movie that Clark wants to use his powers, and he wants to use them for good, in part because it's clear because he doesn't ever use them for evil. You know, he's tempted many a times with good reason, but he doesn't break. The only time he breaks his dad's rule is when it comes to saving people and doing something that's right for people. And the conflict, the essential conflict in uh, Superman, in this movie, is that he is an inherently good person who wants to do good for other people, and he has this kind of toxic dad who has instilled in him shame and fear and anxiety and i actually think that's one of the things that people respond to i've tried to listen to fans of these movies and figure out what it is that draws them to the movies and makes them such fervent you know uh believers in them in in particular because they're there it seems like they're you have to be a marvel or dc they can't there there's no common ground with the zealous snyder people and i think part of it is that there was that uh, maggie may fish video series that i uh, watched recently which i think is excellent and it's funny because I've heard some snyder stand how to attack it and it just makes them look worse because it makes them seem like they're uh, lacking in self-awareness but one point that she makes I think is really valid is that these movies are so relentlessly dark and grounded in a um, pseudo-realism of depression and anxiety and fear and all this kind of stuff I think that that's their review reality or that's the the theory that May puts out that's their world that's their existence they are governed by all these terrors and fears and angers and stuff resentments and so they see their reality reflected in the DCEU where the Marvel is all about these relationships and cutting up and, you know, there's a broiness to it and everything. And DC is all about these solitary, agonized individuals who at best can connect to one other human being on the planet. Because nobody Superman, as great as he is, as, as warm as he's supposed to be and as loving as he's supposed to be, there's two people in his life. His mom and his girlfriend and nobody else gets close, right? And I, I think that that's a worldview that is reflected by the more uh, zealous fans. Is they That's their world and so it's reflected there or rather again i keep saying me that wasn't my conclusion but i think it was a really good um theory put forth by maggie may fish
0: i i will say though I, I didn't not like superman for the reasons a lot of people didn't like the ending sequence where they just murder everybody mm. like he murders the whole well
3: and the nine eleven 11 energy is really egregious and we've talked about uh, that well, in the
0: past yeah oh yeah yeah big time uh yeah that's bad but like i, I didn't even not like it for that i i just didn't like it because like, i just it was just too slow it's just too slow and too long you know what i mean i I feel like it's too slow and too long, and to skip over all the interesting parts, parts which is his childhood and him trying to decide whether or not he wants to murder everybody or not or save everybody. That kind of gets brushed over, and then it, it's too much Zod stuff, and and then that ending sequence is just so long. The fight just goes on forever, and and then you got the weird gravity wave going back and forth through the planet, and I'm like, yeah, this is the stuff I don't care about. This stuff, uh, you know, I, I don't know. So whatever. It, what uh, again? I I didn't I didn't like a lot of the gratuitous violence. I understand, like like literally those buildings were going to pulp <laughs> like they were vanishing. They were exploding from the gate. Like, again, gratuitous. It has to go like, and then like the buildings are just vanishing. And you're like, oh, all those people, those people are all dead. And then I think at one point you could even like see bodies. Like the bodies. The- yeah. Yeah. You had to show the bodies. And it's like, yeah, see, this is the thing he does. He's got to show the bodies flying around. Whereas like when Wanda blew up that consulate, there weren't Wakandan bodies scattering all over the streets. You know, they don't, it's not that, they don't, you don't cross that line to keep the little bit of tastefulness there, right? And, and I, it, he seems to have that switch turned off or, or whatever. But uh, but yeah, like I said, I well, just thought it,
3: it was boring. It's a, it's a weird thing, too, because you could make the argument that the Marvel movies are problematic because they tend to show more violence without consequence. It's a little bit more Looney Tunes, even though, you know, rationally you know that there are people dying left and right in the Marvel movies, but because they're not showing you all blood splotches and such, you're not as conscious of it. And so some would argue that that unrealistic portrayal of violence, uh, it does a disservice to especially the younger audiences since the Marvel Movies do seem to attract the younger audience, but by the same token, dwelling on it and fetishizing it the way that Zack Snyder does, I think is even worse than what they do in the Marvel movies. So I think they're both problematic. But despite showing more of the consequences of the violence, I think that it relishes the violence to such a degree that it's unhealthy in a variety of additional ways. Uh, in, in contrast to the Marvel movies, yeah,
0: and I just don't think it benefits the story, mm-hmm. right? I, I think, like I said, it's gratuitous, and I think that's one of the reasons why it gets on my nerves. It's just it's crossing a line for the sake of crossing a line and I I just don't appreciate I don't like I get it they're blowing the buildings up there's probably people in there I don't need to see the bodies zapping up in the air like I I just I don't need to see it and then uh, again they go way over the top of the destruction at the end but you can like a couple movies later you understand that that's they're trying to pay it off they're trying to do the Sokovia Accords right where they're trying to pay off all the destruction except the destruction was so gratuitous and that's what all the Snyder stuff is is through the first two movies I watched was outrageously gratuitous
1: Part 2 Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition From out of many colons. The point at which the fan is struck by the shit, which leaves a grisly poo stain on the adjacent wall, and the rest becomes a mist of airborne diarrhea.
3: Speaking of Dawn of Justice, there's the whole thing where Zack Snyder said that they were going to have some fun, and that his idea of fun was shooting Jimmy Olsen in the face. And again, that's a, a problematic mentality to go into these movies with. I also, it bothers me because you have Lawrence Fishburne in these movies. And, you know, between the Banner uh, of Steel and Superman versus, I mean, Batman versus Superman, they're good about continuing to feature the same characters and the same actors between those two movies. You've got the, what they were saying was the Jenny Olsen character, and I feel like to some degree, they shot Jimmy in the face. Just to say, quit worrying about that sky. We're going to focus on Jenny Olsen. But Jenny Olsen does nothing in these movies. She keeps popping up. She's a damsel in distress at the end of the other, uh, first movie that, uh, Perry gets to try to save. And they get to show that Steve Lombard's a jerk because he's not interested in saving her, but he kind of gets guilted into it. And you've got a bunch of other characters that keep popping up in the two, first two movies, but there's nothing substantial done with them. And in, the, in particular, the case of Perry White, he's such a nag. Like the only thing that he has to do in these movies is nag his reporters who ignore him and do whatever they want to. In particular, in in dawn of justice you got clark just constantly being insubordinate not doing the work he's supposed to be doing and not getting fired for it, it, it after a while it makes perry look like he's impotent and he, again he's just all he does is nag the entire movie. so it, it seems like a real waste of Lawrence fishburne to have him in these flicks
0: i, I, I like him in the role but yeah you're right like d- does clark write a single thing in the entire movie like the whole time clark's just off jerking around and i told you there was nothing that always bothered me about that movie is that clark doesn't know who bruce wayne is mm-hmm. but apparently gotham is a Across the harbor, like New York, New Jersey, to Metropolis, he doesn't know who Bruce Wayne is. And then everybody's like, they don't believe the Batman exists. But they tell you that Batman has been in operation for twenty five years, and the cops are like, oh hey, there's Batman. Like I'm like, do we know who Batman is or not? Like I can't. Like uh, it's so. Did you, Clark? Did you hear about this Batman? And Perry's like, ah, we're not writing stories about some fairy tale or whatever. And and uh, like it's just, I, I don't know. Those are the he screws those details up. Like I, I don't understand. You, you're trying to build this universe, you're trying to build some sort of continuity here, but th- those are pretty key things. Things. like Clark Kent is not an alien from another planet he's an alien who was basically coming to this planet as an infant and he's been here his whole freaking life and he doesn't know who Bruce Wayne is who has a Wayne tower is in downtown metropolis because it gets blown up and Kent doesn't know who Bruce Wayne is like it's, you know what I mean just stuff like it's such a reach I don't and, and little things like that can just bug the hell out of me how does Clark Kent not know who freaking Bruce Wayne is if he's such a huge, big what does he say he has 12 satellites or something whatever in this movie like of course you do you're you're in a lot of ways the tony stark of the of the dc universe and you don't nobody knows who he is and batman nobody knows who batman is either and oh we gotta figure out who this batman vigilante is the guy who's been in operation for 25 years you know it's just little stuff like that like you're i don't know stuff like that can just bug the hell out of me dude these these are the two biggest heroes in the entire universe and they were operating within two nautical miles of each other and just no clue he had no clue he was there the dude can hear lois from half a planet away but didn't know batman was stabbing dudes in the neck and branding them like Uh, anyway
3: speaking of two of the the biggest heroes too it's really hard for henry cavill like six to 180 or something to play clark kent believably like christopher reeve could pull that off because he could slouch and he could wear suits and he he was big but he wasn't so big but there's no way you can't see that henry cavill is this gigantic bodybuilder and he's also supposed to be the nerdy reporter you know literally perry white says that he's going to go to this gala and he's probably getting an invite because somebody's got a thing for nerves like have you seen the guy who's in front of you this guy yep. is like a model what are you talking about it's just ridiculous it's hard to buy into like that ultimate cut is like we got to show them burning the bodies
0: Uh, so like we got to take Lois to the desert and then Lex's men have to assassinate everybody and then burn the bodies to make it look like Superman's going rogue right like like and we have to show him melt the people down and then when Superman kills that dude who takes Lois hostage he can't just knock him out he's got to punch him through five walls this human being you know what I mean like everything is so over the top and it's like dude you know or even like when he gets in the bathtub with Lois and there's like a slight like kind of it's supposed to be playful fun and instead she's like scratching his like pulling at his skin on his back and i'm like dude everything about this movie i feel like there's like the normal line everything has to be just past the line or in some cases way the hell past the line you know what i mean and i I I know some people like it for that, but when the movie's three hours long or two and a half hours long and everything has to be that way, it has to be a jar of piss. It has to be the dude doesn't just get injured by Wayne's building. He has to have his legs cut off and then they're holding back his checks that Wayne's family sent him. So the dude's life is miserable and his wife left him and he wants to commit suicide. And then it's got to be Batman can't just beat dudes up brutally. He has to brand them so they get murdered in prison. And then it's not even that. Then Clint or uh. uh Clark wants to go to the jail and has to interview the widow and his son after they've given him his bag of clothes, the murdered prisoner's clothes. Like, it's like everything. It's like you have to wallow in the horribleness of it. And I'm like, dude, this is different. This is different than uh, Wanda throwing a bomb into the Wachovian consulate on accident. I'm like, this is different, dude. (laughs) This is just, everybody is sad and horrible and crazy and just nobody's happy. And it's just like, I think the movies are those first two movies were well acted and like i said at least the ultimate edition explains the movie better and i told yeah. you uh, if you go back and you listen to like the, the the scene where the dude who's from winter soldier and whatever who's the main like russian guy act for lex he rides off on the motorcycle from that uh terrorist camp after they execute jimmy olsen uh and you see the drone coming in and then superman blows up the drone and the guy like nods like got him that's cut out of the theatrical release i believe so you don't that re- sets up early like Lex is setting this up and you needed a little bit of that because and I told you guys via text these movies if once you understand that Zack Snyder kind of hates Superman and like everything he stands for and just doesn't because he's basically the cheat code of superheroes if you watch it from the perspective of Superman's a piece of shit these movies make a lot more sense right like it's like oh he, it's he's always feeling bad for himself he always screws everything because he's supposed to save everybody but he can't save everybody he's got to be the asshole that only saves his girlfriend like what an asshole Asshole! This dude has like unlimited powers, and he's leaving a fight with Doomsday, who could wreck the entire planet, to go save his girlfriend, who fell in a fucking pool on accident and is going to drown. Like, what a douche, dude! The world is at stake, but you heard your girlfriend knocking, and you got to go save her. You know, it's all—it's just stuff like that. I'm like, dude, this guy fucking hates Superman. <laughs> like, he hates him. And as long as you're a Batman fan or you don't like Superman either, either, I totally get why you would probably like these movies. I just can't understand how anybody who calls himself a Superman fan would like these things. Um, I think that's what it is. I think most people, I don't. Actually actually like superman i think batman is actually far and away the cooler character uh and i think that he's far more appealing to audiences and that's why so many people have, have has liked these movies that's only I can good but anyway like back to what i'm saying ultimate edition explains it way better and i definitely don't hate it as much i told you the other scene i really hated was when uh the dude who had his legs cut off blows up the whole courtroom yeah and then there's the scene between clark and lois and he's just like it was right there next to me and i couldn't hear it and he goes what's worse is part of me thinks that maybe i didn't want to hear it and i was like that's one of the worst lines i've heard in the history of any of these movies you're basically saying the omnipotent hero that can literally travel the speed of light could have stopped that bomb but because everybody had been hounding him the whole movie part of him thinks that maybe he didn't want to hear it so it would go off and kill everybody in the courtroom and that's exactly what he was saying the problem is that later on you find out that it was cased in lead and that's cut out of the theatrical cut so in the theatrical cut i'm like they're never going to come back to that and honestly in the ultimate cut they never come back to it lois never tells him before he dies dude it was cased in lead (laughs) like you couldn't have heard it it's not your yeah. conscience. You actually couldn't have done anything about it. They never, re- they never revisit that. They never get back to it. uh So stuff like that, that I think, are just like you didn't just kind of get the character wrong. And I'm not a Superman guy, guys, right? Like I don't know a lot about Superman, but yeah. I know the gist of him. And I'm just like, this is wrong, dude. You know, it's like it's all he's always falling into Jesus Christ pose, and it's just it, you know, it's so over the top that I'm just like, this ain't this ain't right. So that's why the first two movies, even on rewatch, okay, I never seen Man of Steel, but now that I've watched watched it i get the criticisms on it i totally get it um and watching the ultimate edition again i i don't it's just not a good movie like it's just not good it's long um sure it's got tw- oh that and uh, eisenberg's uh lex luthor i just i can't stand him like i just the first well i see the second half he's a little bit better the first half where he's sticking jolly ranchers and senators mouths and like rubbing it on his lips before he forces it in his mouth and stuff like this like i'm just like what am i watching dude like what is he what who's he supposed to be channeling here right like he's He's the Joker. He's not lex luthor um but anyway the, the movies are well acted they look fine the the script's okay um but all in all it's just it's it's like a lot of courtrooms with very little action really all the actions in the back half when Super, superman fights batman and then he fight doomsday other than that there's almost no action in the whole film it's for three plus hours long it's it's and that is like i said Bat, a man of steel it's just a slog dude to watch that movie it's just like ugh, like uh get, get me out of this thing already and then finally you know it, it ends with martha and it's just that's like the chair on the cake for that for that movie, or it doesn't end with Martha. It ends with Lex cutting his hand and bleeding on Zod's face, and like all sorts of just we. And then it's the fucking CGI smash up <laughs> It's like okay. Um, although I do like Wonder Wonder Woman is good in that movie. She she's good. Uh, Galganot's good in that movie. I, I like her character in that movie. Um, so that's my expanded take on the first two movies that I rewatched. So that's I, I just want to I, I want to walk back how much I really hated Batman vs Superman. We watched the first, like I thought it earned every part of that fourteen percent or 20 rotten tomato that it has the ultimate edition does make more sense uh it is a better movie i still don't think it's a good movie it's super boring and super long and the fighting makes no sense doomsday makes no sense uh anyway so that's that i just want to get that off my chest again guys i know we've already been talking for like a half hour now but uh <laughs> that that's no, was,
2: well i did something a little different i wanted to know what happens when snyder is like uncut so i went and by luck was able to purchase the ultimate edition of watchman Watchmen, what is like everything in there the animated everything all back to back cut into one film that's like three and a half hours long uh it was brutal really yeah so i i kind of wanted to see what happens whenever he gets to do whatever he wants and i get a sneaky suspicion from i mean i like this three and I get the suspicion that when someone has drawn it and ridden it already for him and he just kind of follows it, not bad. When he gets to kind of go on his own, it goes into really weird fucking places. Like, he gets really dark. He gets off on the violence a little bit too much for my taste sometimes. So
0: Oh, a- another thing what I was going to say. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Mr. Fix. No. But when I was talking about the gratuitousness of it, even like, you know, when they capture Martha Kent, they can't just say she's taken hostage. They have to gag her and have the running mascara down her face with her eyes like looking up. Up, like rolling the back of her head and they take a bunch of polaroids over like and then they're like he's like throwing up at superman and i'm just like even this dude this is such a creepy detail like that's the detail like th- there's so many parts of this actual movie that don't make any sense but you were like dude we got to get like the smuttiest I'll tell uh, you, dude, that- dirtiest snuff film style photos of martha kent like let's get let's smudge her mascara gag her and i mean like tie that knot
3: well, real hard in the I, back i, I want to specify and, something too is they made them recreate the city from the single fit picture of Wonder Woman from 1918, whatever it was, they had to recreate the city in the background for the Wonder Woman movie to match the photograph from that movie. And yet, she has "witch" written on her brow in that movie, and it's not in place once they cut to her life.
0: Uh, that's right. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's sloppy. That's just it's sloppy, dude. Uh,
3: but again, it's like why were it, it's to degrade her?
0: I, I forgot they had "witch" written uh, written on her head too. Like, what are they like? Why? What? Why did we need to go that? far with it and and sorry little details like that are not on accident I'm not reading too much in it that's like let's just Completely, you know, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to sound like a, like a, some sensitive, like nanny or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not trying to, but like at some point, it's just kind of off putting to me. Like, I don't think that's cool and I don't think it's necessary. And I don't think it progressed the story either. And you can only do that so many times in a movie where I'm like, oh, okay, now we got to bound and get, let let alone the fact is that all of the, the wheels within wheels that Lex was doing, really, it all boiled down to him just taking her hostage and saying, if you don't go fight Super, go fight Batman. kill him i'm gonna kill your mom bro you could have done that in the first five minutes of the movie you didn't have to have these wheels upon wheels oh we're getting the we're getting the we're bribing the uh the foreign woman to say that her family was murdered so that the the you know uh, superman gets self-doubt in himself it all boiled down to just he took his mom hostage and told him to go fight batman i'm like this is this is this stupid
1: shit dude
3: it would have been nice if at some point they explained how lex luthor knew that both the secret identities of both superman and batman And also, aside from Perry White, the only other really notable person of color in that movie is the black chick who's lying on Superman. I think that's a little problematic.
0: Uh, That could be a layer to it, too. I don't know, dude. It was just like, again, and I know people have really liked these movies. For me, this is like, this isn't smart filmmaking. This is like... I don't know. Uh, I don't know a way to put it without it's going to just make people mad. To, to me, this is like kind of like lo- this is like lowbrow. This is one step above lowbrow shit. Like 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 you're going to add a bunch of twists in it to make it seem like you're some sort of smart filmmaker who's got this huge, grandiose plan. And really, the plan at the end is just dumb. And it just gets two guys smashing each other. When we we all said at the end of the first movie and it and it's the first time we saw it. And it, the same thing fits for the ultimate cut, too. All Clark had to do is just explain what the hell is going on. You know what I mean? It really made no sense that they were fighting each other dude like it was so stupid like he just hey bruce and then he would punch him through like three buildings and it's just like he even said i'm gonna go try and talk to him lois or whatever and it's just like no you didn't you tried to say two words for him and he shot a machine gun at you and he started knocking him through building like it took you three like three hours to get here and then it just it's just dumb in the end it's just stupid dawn of uh,
3: justice is a moron trying to write the dark knight like they watch they watch it over and over again and they try to write something like that but they're morons and so this is the result it kind of looks and feels like something christopher nolan would have done but stupider
0: and that's what i, I think i said in a prior podcast that it's, it's just this weird like it, it's it's a it's and look i think christopher nolan gets too much credit too but that's what it felt like it felt like this is what christopher nolan would do it would be dark there's a you know there's a grand plan that we don't see because we're we're too close we're or as they say standing close too close to the elephant you can't tell it's an elephant because you're standing too close and then you back away and oh now we can see the whole grand plan it was lex the whole time turning you know earth against superman and turning enraging batman against superman and then superman's got self-doubt and then we can but you know what i mean but by the end of the movie none of this really matters dude like none of it none of all of the setup matters and you never really come back to it you never come back to the courtroom blowing up you never you know none of it ever actually pays off you just kidnapped his mom and told him to go fight you know what i mean it's just so guys that's stupid this this is this, this movie's dumb okay but because it's of a like a moody noir feel to it i think a lot of people and, and because like oh i get it uh because it's not hard to get um Um, I think it makes people feel good because they felt like they got some really complex movie and it really was like it's not but uh, but with that said like I'm trying to say it's not a terrible movie it's just like okay but is wholly unrewatchable because it's just way too long like I don't know how you could be like let's watch the pig piss peach tea scene again like who wants to rewatch this stuff or like I said where Lex is stuffing the Jolly Rancher in the guy's mouth there's no reason to rewatch this movie okay it's 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 like Man of Steel it's a slog dude
3: (laughs) Um, but it's also such a bad idea. And you know, it comes down to, uh, he just wanted to adapt The Dark Knight Returns. Why would you have Superman at so early in his career that he could practically be called Superboy? And then you're gonna have Superman, Batman at the very end of his career, and you're trying to build a whole universe out of that. It's so stupid. It's because he wanted to get his buddy Ben Affleck in to be Batman. It's like, it's just, it, no, and that's
0: a huge thing. They could have cut the whole Batman fighting Superman out of that movie. Like, it didn't even need to be in it, but they had to do their their dark night shot. It's, it was just so stupid uh, uh, but again this that's why the verse in itself is just it's a dumb concept because of things like that you're already aging Batman out with an extremely famous actor as Superman is first starting his career that's like a fundamental flaw in your universe from Jump like whoever approved this was an idiot like shouldn't we also get a nice young upcoming star to be Batman so these two characters like we're watching now look you can argue Robert Downey Jr. was older but Robert Downey Jr. was still at the beginning of his Iron Man career they're literally saying like, you know, Batman's at the tail end, he's losing his mind. He's already lived older than his father had. It's time for him to, you know, Alfred's telling him, Oh, how much longer are we going to do this? Right? Mm-hmm. He's already been in operation for 20 plus years, and you know, it, it, it's like you're already telling me Batman's leaving the universe.
3: You've given Batman planned obsolescence.
0: It, like, what why? What? and it's just so he can tell his his uh, uh, Dark
3: Knight story. So we can adapt which, another Frank Miller piece. Yeah, like, yeah.
0: like you couldn't do that with a young guy anyway, you know what I mean? Like you didn't have to make him old. He's just old in that comic but that comic takes place in the future so it's like why are we doing this yeah again there's like fundamental flaws that somebody should have been like hey dude we're, we're wanting to make these movies for a decade with the same actors maybe we don't let's not make Ben Affleck Batman and and literally make it like he's completely at the tail end of his career like this doesn't make any sense
3: and, and I just have to point this out too I never stop seeing Ben Affleck at any point in these movies with other actors they can become the characters for me I can forget in part because they're not as famous I can never stop seeing Ben Affleck. He never becomes Bruce Wayne or Batman for me. So it's just so irritating when I'm on the internet and I'm seeing the stands talk about, he's not just the great Batman, he's the greatest Batman! He's not the worst Batman, but he's still Ben Affleck and I, it never stops for me.
0: Yeah, he, he's definitely not the worst Batman. I, I, I don't mind him as Batman. I don't mind it. Uh, I don't mind it. I, it's fine. He's fine as Batman. I don't care. But also, like, he's not really... Uh, neither. None of these are Batman movies. Like, Maybe if I had to watch Ben Affleck like in a whole Batman dedicated movie, it would be a different story. But he shares all of these movies so much, it, I guess. Th- then that's that might be your issue, right? Is that he, he's not even on the screen a lot to get into the role for you to try and forget it's Ben Affleck. He's on. It's just oh, there's Ben Affleck again for his He's his two in it enough
3: because he's got about half of Dawn of Justice. You know, it's it's still more of a Superman sequel, but he's in it enough to where you could argue it's a 50-50 split. And of course, he's the star of Justice League, and he's the team leader, and he's in every scene that got. Al isn't in, and then the ones where they're all together. So there's, I think there's enough Ben Affleck to have a judgment on whether or not we want to see a solo movie. And the yeah, end ended but, up coming out, no. So
0: no, but but what I mean is the, the role you're not really exploring Bruce Wayne in these movies. He's just he's like getting the team together. I got to go find Aquaman. I got to go find Flash. I got to go find Wonder Woman. It's we're not. It's not really telling a Batman story, right?
3: Wait, are we doing a Snyder cut now? We're, we're uh, pretty much there. I was actually going to bring there. you in because uh, I have anything <laughs> else to say <laughs> about Man of Steel? Well, I'm at the. Your mouth here damn it okay so do you have anything else to say about man of steel first no fuck okay. it let's move what did you I think okay of, yeah, hold on. i got a lot of questions sure I have, sure
2: i have you on the horn i have i need things answered damn okay. it
3: so uh, and i want you to talk about ben affleck's batman especially now that you've seen him for four straight hours was, as batman How, did funny, you where are you at with been,
2: him this should have been a Batman. this should have been uh dark knight returns i, I I that's the Batman that they put into this movie, hands down. That's Batman's Return. If they if they wanted a younger Batman, they could have done Batman Beyond and had like Terry show up, you know, or some bullshit like that. They put Frank Miller's Batman into these movies, which made no sense to me. I agree. They should have been a younger Batman. He should have probably been younger than Superman in them.
3: So what did you think about the ah, Snyder mean, Cut? I liked, honestly, I like
2: Affleck as Batman, but I keep no, no. He asked, Frank you, he asked you. He asked huh? you about. The, he asked you about the Snyder Cut. He said, talk about the Snyder Cut. Oh, the Snyder Cut. Well, no, no. I have questions. Okay, let's talk. About <laughs> <laughs> so, question.
0: All right.
1: So begins the end for dark time. I've never seen a being this drunk. Maybe one. He's back. I spent a lot of time trying to divide us. I made a promise to him on his grave. I need to bring us together. There are enemies coming from far away.
3: They serve an old
1: power. This world is divided. No protectors here, no lanterns. No kryptonium. It will fall in his name. I have turned worlds to dust. All of existence shall be mine. I have a second chance. I am not going to waste it. He said the age of heroes would never come again.
0: Fighting the devil and his army. You
1: know. I don't care how many demons he's fought and how many hells. He's never fought us united. It's time to stand. Fight. now we live in a society where honor is a distant memory isn't that right
2: Did you feel, Frank, about the beginning with the Amazon? Uh,
3: I it, it was longer, and uh, I, I thought that they they had good action choreography in it. But also, again, because it's the bloodthirsty murder verse, you're seeing him chopping Amazons in half, and it's making it very clear that lots and lots and lots of Amazons died. And I already had trouble with the opening uh w- when the Germans invade the beach of themiscara and all these mm-hmm. Amazons get killed, knowing that these are immortals, and that every single one of these lives you're cutting out hundred, you know, dozens of human lifetimes at least. Hundreds of years of existence if not thousands of years probably more like thousands and every single bullet is is ending uh, that immortal and uh, you know I've, I've had trouble with the fact since Perez unfortunately really where they just decided that the Amazons never progressed technologically for thousands of years they never made any uh, advancements they never tried that women absent of men just are, are static and it's so irritating but the fact mm. that you had all those Amazons die in 1919 and then they still just continue to run around with bows and arrows is really fucking stupid and lame. And of course, a a, go- a new god showing up with his axe is gonna chop him to pieces. And the fact that they even had the booby trapped uh containment vessel for their mother box that you know is going to end up killing Amazons in order to spring this trap. So you're intentionally killing these thousands of year old beings. It's just heinous and again stupid. But I think that the action choreography was good. And well, I, I mean say, I won't lie. though that
2: I think I got that- I got a little teary-eyed when he said he was gonna to bathe, okay, right off the bat, Steppenwolf was fucking badass across the board. I felt horrible for him because I was like, dude, you should be in the Marvel universe. You're in the wrong film, like in the wrong universe. I liked his look. I liked it. I love the fact when he said that he will bathe in their fear, and she screams, "What do we feel about fear?" And they're like, "We have no fear," and they start launching arrows. Dude, I'm like, where the fuck were these Amazons? <laughs> like, they were fucking bad. Not granted, there's, z- I get it, they're zined up. I'm gonna give you that, but they were fucking badass. And then when she's like, "Prepare the hammers," and those bru- the butched up chicks like slam their. Hammers and ready to close it. I was like, "Holy!" F- I won't lie. I want to watch that movie. Mm-hmm. I grant, I granted it is three hundred, you know, w- with vaginas, whatever. But it was fucking badass. I they was were like,
3: talking about doing an Amazon spinoff, and yeah, I it
2: was like that. that movie, the Queen was fucking badass when she was killing parademons. Um, and it was just like fearless, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" My mother was like, "Is that like is that what the Amazon's are like?" And I'm like, "They should be." She's watched the Wonder Woman movies, and she was like, "Oh, they're okay, dude." We were both just blown away by that first half, and I was like, "If this is where we're." going i'm on board like i'm on board with this shit like i'm kind of digging this right now because i really and even that beginning wonder woman scene even though she's doing that weird like manga jetpack jumping around she was fucking badass in this one dude i'm sorry dude the lasso gotta go i need the sword and the shield the lasso gotta go
0: is it too early for me to chime in on that no please i i I did i like the opening amazon scene too and and i thought that yeah it, it, it's it's depressing when you think that all these people who lived for thousands of years this is what they're going to sacrifice themselves for this dumb box that just gets out in five seconds anyway that does suck but the, the booby trap the hammer chicks dude that was awesome dude <laughs> that was yeah, really,
2: dude. i'm cool, telling dude. you dude i re-watched that scene. like after we watched it a day later i just wanted to watch that scene again yeah and, and like, like you said holy when, shit, that was so awesome
0: when he says we're gonna i'm gonna bathe in your fear and they were like tell them amazons we have no fear and they just started going buck wild on those dudes dude that's that's pretty freaking cool even i was like all right like that's awesome like that that's some <laughs> serious kick is that in character i don't know ah, no, I, don't
2: really no. I don't know is after
3: amazons when, are, War- amazons are, are not a monolith there are, they're are they're badass like, killer amazons it's, it's true so cool there are badass killer amazons you know there are all kinds of different amazons there are nicks and see that's warriors. what bothered me
2: is what, when i saw that that's why i sent y'all that text where i was like patter patty jenkins did an injustice to them because those nazi guys were taking them out and i'm like dude they're shooting them with bullets like these women are fighting parademons with laser weapons and fucking Steppenwolf wolf who's like basically a what a, a demigod mm-hmm. and they're yeah. holding their own against them and I'm like and you're telling me a bunch of crowds were killing them with fucking lead bullets mm-hmm. I was like uh, it's like oh that's kind of like these women were I don't know dude I was I that opening scene was like if if this is where we're gonna go most of the movie I'm I'm on board like yeah. I was really surprised because I was, I was ready to shit all over this movie well, I, especially I, when I, they I, started I,
3: springing I, I, the traps and all the doors starts closing and the parademons are grabbing them and stuff it's way more tense in this movie because they have more room to make build the tension, but you, you really feel the threat of getting trapped inside of the structure. Doing it in the sea uh, you see the
2: building like falling into the sea.
3: Mm-hmm. And I'm like,
2: holy shit, dude, like they all died. But it was like they died with honor in mm-hmm. war. Like that's that's to me what I believe the Amazons were supposed to be like they die, you know, honorably fighting for what they believed in. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. It wasn't we're defending the island from a bunch of dudes. It's like we're we're you know, we have a job to do and we're doing it hardcore. And then they show the horses riding and I was like okay that's kind of cool she's like call the legion and then I'm again I really like Steppenwolf I like that whole fucking little armor weird shit moving though I kept thinking of Iron Man like when Iron Man's armor moves like when he's getting positioned I kind of had that vibe but he's jumping around and you know he got the crazy axe he's, he's cutting them down but they're still doing the cool tricks with the arrows where they're jumping horse to horse and even when he escapes you got a sense that he, he didn't want to stay when you saw that legion coming over the edge and it was just like a river of amazons and I'm like oh dude that's fucking awesome so I yeah. guess
0: F, huh? P- people say that uh who's uh like cyborg's character was the most egregiously done by the justice cut i think solidly it's steppenwolf that was the most harmed by the Justice. yes just, like steppenwolf is a it's a completely different movie he's like i don't think he what, did he say two words in all of justice
3: League? No, he spoke plenty it's just he spoke mostly inanities there's one moment when he first confronts wonder woman where he mentions that his axe is still slick from the blood of the amazons in the justice cut that was a good line but what people point out and it's completely right is that that character had no personality no seeming motivation and yeah. he just kept talking about mother 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 and folks got sick of him and they just escaped well,
2: I, I love the fact that this one I, I felt for Steppenwolf where like he he fucked up and he's trying to get back in his good graces Darkstar's good graces like yeah yeah
1: yeah no, I, he doesn't
2: he, give a shit about I just want to get good in with the boss again you're, you're like right. you, you he, turned your back on him and he's like I killed everyone who was part of that plan I, I fucked up I'm trying and he's like well you owe us another 100,000 planets or some shit like that I'm like Fuck. so at, at least he had motivation he just wanted to ge- be recognized again, and I was like, "Okay, yeah. that's kind of cool." So, so you you said that
0: he does he he belonged in a Marvel movie, and I totally like that's a great point. He actually had like real motivations and real emotion, and had yeah. like an arc. Like Steppenwolf had an arc in this movie. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> what? although his I know he's a w- Steppenwolf, but he did have like puppy dog eyes that kind of like they were kind of like <laughs> yeah Teddy he, Ru- had that, it, he had Teddy Ruxpin eyes, and it yeah pretty-
2: kind of his face was all squishing at armor. Like he had a really tiny face and this giant armor. I, I immediately when I saw that I thought. of of a fucking, um, um, that fucking movie with, uh, oh, Warren Beatty, uh, Dick Tracy, when they saw the mobsters and they had that one mobster who had a huge head and his tiny little face. I <laughs> don't know. I just thought of that immediately. I'm like, oh, what's with the little face and the giant head? But I did love the horns. And again, the armor was just fucking wicked. Like just moving constantly and shifting. And it looks like, I mean, I get people are like, oh, he looks like a porcupine. I, he reminded me of, uh, the Thor, the Thor villain. Um,
3: oh, the destroyer,
2: the destroyer, yeah. kind of yeah. like a destroyer type armor, which I've always thought was kind of cool looking like that a cool design, and he had that same aesthetic, except for the little big horns, He's which was kind of course so. I thought of darkness immediately from Legend. <laughs> I was like, okay, he got some cool horns. Uh, I just wish his voice was deeper. But now, the one thing I did not like was I thought Dark Side in the beginning was a big puss.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I he know. Did
2: it <laughs> ass- ended by like the hu- like I did love the fact that the groups came together, but she explained how where they didn't really get along because they the, the Amazons hadn't been uh, enslaved yet, uh, the the uh, Atlanteans weren't yeah. like, in, the, in the ocean yet, and Man hadn't fucked everybody over yet. And then they had, I guess, was Hercules and I no, guess Zeus. some Greek god The Greek Zeus god and Greek-
0: Ares. Who? Zeus and Ares.
2: Yeah, Zeus and Ares were there. And so I, I i mentioned this to somebody the other day where that scene where I guess it's Thor's or whoever they hit they hit uh Darkseid with an axe next to his neck. And I swear to God, I thought Darkseid was gonna look at him and said, You should have gone for the head. Mm-hmm. I thought he was gonna do that. And instead he gets dragged off. And I wasn't a big fan of the bro uh da- Dark Side with like the shirtless dude that's like, Come at me, bro. Uh, I was like, eh. "Yeah. What, it, what it, did it's you, you think, Frank? Since you're you're a bigger DC guy than me. Uh so I I'm, I'm kind of curious what you thought of their dark side." Well, I definitely to me, you, my dark side is still from the animated with the Michael Ironside voice and that very stoic demeanor where he doesn't really move and when he moves you're fucked. So I,
3: I I don't like the broification of dark side, but I want to I want to stay with them for just a moment. I especially when you watch the movies again, you see pretty clearly that the the basics of the design for Steppenwolf were already in place in Dawn of Justice and so a special exception was made to redesign him for the Justice Cut and I don't know how much of this version of Steppenwolf had been CGI crafted by the time of that movie if they just decided that it was too alien of a version of Steppenwolf or, or they couldn't get that version to do what Joss Whedon wanted them to do and so they changed the design that was a huge mistake because he's just visually stimulating the the all the different blades moving around like kind reflecting too? his emotions it was very visually like when they when they showed the still images on the internet it was like okay so now he's got gold armor instead of gray armor who gives a shit you know this is stupid but then when you see it in motion and you see just how much better the CGI is on it because you could watch it because I, I watched I don't know about you guys I watched both versions I watched uh, the Snyder Zack Snyder's Justice League so and I watched I. the original Justice League and I wanted to compare the two of them and you can see that most of this, the, the backgrounds and stuff are about the same. So it looks to me like they literally stripped out that version of Steppenwolf and put in the PlayStation 2 cutscene version instead. And it was just such a huge error because even though he's more alien in the uh, Snyder version, he's also more human. And just so much better rendered, so much more visually interesting. Uh, it was a huge mistake. And uh, you're not alone in feeling sympathetic toward him. It's all—it's becoming an internet meme where he's like the the poor schlub who's messed up and he's trying to get back in good with the boss. And he's constantly having he to deal with the sod middle management he's constantly trying to get his boss in on the zoom call that he won't answer and stuff a lot of people feel sympathy for this guy
2: (laughs) this the sod reminded me very much of thanos's uh his little herald very much uh, yes dude the, the same vibe except you know with that one when uh fuck why can't I remember uh the accuser when the accuser's Jordan. talking shit and he's like watch your tongue oh yeah the sod felt very much the same like you know I'm the middleman you talk to me and I talk to the boss yeah, so, yeah it, it was weird you because
3: you know decide we know sod was a human up until the new 52 and I guess they decided that that wasn't cool enough they tried to make him more like demonic and stuff but especially since Avengers came out a year after the new 52 and they had that guy who ultimately served a role very similar to to sod in, in, in at least in the respect of being the the hooded, uh, Vizier to the king essentially having seen that for them to go forward and continue to do Desaad as a more alien figure even though I like the fact that most of the new gods we see are more alien there aren't a lot of human looking new gods but he's too much like the guy from Avengers and it's so weird that that's more present in I don't even think Desaad's in the Justice League I think he's only in no. the Snyder why would you make him more like the guy from Avengers that's what's odd to me Yeah,
0: I still thought he looked good I, I don't know I, I feel like a lot of those these roles are a little generic <laughs> Like, th- there's a lot of parallel- parallels between the Snyder cut and what happened in a lot of the Marvel movies. You have time travel. You have the-, the tossing of the cube to get away instead of tossing the gauntlet to get away. You know, there's lots of weird parallels like that, but I think some of that stuff is just like normal tropes. Just Same thing right. with having the big boss guy that's doing the work for the big bad. And yeah, you like you have the Vizier or whatever that he talks to. I think some of that's just trope stuff. I you, Does he kind of look like him? Yeah, sure, but uh, I, I didn't bother me.
3: Oh, hey, Mac, did you trip when you watched Man of Steel and you realized that Guardians of the Galaxy stole a bit with the anime? Animation, like the narrative animation of the you know the uh, porcelain showing the scenery and showing the stuff that happened in the past and such.
0: Well, honestly, it, re- it reminded me more. I-, I thought that the the Black Panther stuff looked more like it, where they were doing the the metal that moves around or the the vibranium that reshapes to do you know the little uh, balls and stuff mm-hmm. that they shoot out. I thought that looked more like it than. Yeah. Uh, but than you have the thing
3: where uh El recounts the destruction of Krypton to Cal, and it's pretty much exactly the same scene as when uh, Kurt Russell's ego is telling star lord you know the history of, of, of oh yeah yeah, you're
2: right yeah the little motion yeah yeah i, don't I mean
0: it. maybe i didn't catch it that it was it was that similar I, I was, really I, was similar I thought we were talking similar. more about how all, all it seems like all the kryptonian stuff it's like this weird like liquid metal base and mm-hmm. it reminded me of the black panther vibranium that shapes and stuff as their communicators and things like that um,
3: uh, the big problem
0: was no but wait no sorry sorry but, but since you brought it up the one thing that i couldn't believe was how bad the special effects are in man of steel compared to say guardians of the galaxy it came out barely a year later like the 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 effects in Man of Steel are pretty terrible, like the space stuff. I like is that. Real terrible and I, now. It's it's I, I'm just saying I watched it like two days ago. Mm-hmm. And it, it looks real dated. Whereas you watch Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy, it looks just like I talked about how Iron Man One. Somehow still looks really good. And I don't and know you why. You have one of those high high end TVs, don't you? No, nah, I mean it's a it's like a it's a projector, so it's really okay. big, but it's it's uh, it's not four K or anything.
3: Um Well this is an ongoing yeah. problem you've had is is comparing the superiority of Marvel CGI to DCs. Did you not see that video that came out a few months? Back where they, they pretty much explained why that is. No. Marvel does pre years before the movie comes out. You know, they, they've already blotted out the the especially when it comes to the CGI elements, they're already starting work on that years before the movie, so that the basics of the movie are already in place before they've even necessarily got a director. And so it shows the assembly quality of Marvel in that they plug in a director, and the director can do a lot of stuff with the humans, but the, since the CGI has already been worked even before they've been hired, that's why the the it looks so much better because they've already decided what's going to happen with regard to the CGI. Years in advance, and so they have far more time to work on their stuff before the movie ever comes out. Where Warner Brothers hires a director, then they get the CGI people working on whatever the director wants to do. Since their movies are director guided, they have literally years less time to work on their CGI versus what Marvel does.
0: Interesting. Uh, sounds like a cop out, but I yeah, still feel I'd like say, little, yeah. I still feel like Warner Brothers could like Warner Brothers is not some indie studio. They can do better. They can do better than this.
2: I mean, granted, Disney has like Pixar and shit, so they're like all about digital animation and stuff, mm-hmm. but. I, I, yeah,
3: no, it's not well, a it's funny because, you know, they, they did all that work to uh, bring Zack Snyder's Justice League up uh, to life. And one of the reasons why they greenlit it, amongst the many others, like they needed something to bring eyes to HBO Max. And they were sick of just getting, you know, beaten on by the Snyder fans on social media. But another big reason was because they wanted to keep their CGI houses working. They wanted to make sure they continued to have stuff to, to do during the pandemic since they weren't filming a lot of new movies. And it was an opportunity for them to, you know, uh, keep these guys going, essentially, and keep the house is going mm, makes sense Uh, but my this is my problem with steppenwolf he looks so much better the dark side that it, it's yeah. such a bummer knowing that we're not going to see him again because their dark side is a turd he he almost looks Terrible. like a turd he's like those things from suicide squad and he's so broey and he doesn't have any of the personality of dark side but also what really killed me is when you have steppenwolf talking to dark side and it sounds like the same voice with a few octaves yes. you know
2: up. Yeah. i wanted michael ironside's voice Ooh, yeah
3: he's still alive why not yes
2: that that to me would have put the movie up a little bit more because you're right they did sound the same
3: and it, and it's bad enough that Steppenwolf so literally outshines Darkseid but when you look at Darkseid next to Thanos it's so sad there's Thanos is such a fully realized being Thanos is a CGI creation that comes to life in the minds of the people who are watching him on the screen that is a living purple oh yeah colossus. and Thanos never looks like anything but really Really shitty CGI, even with the extra seventy million pumped into it, and the fact mean, that he's Darkseid. landing on the ground, huh? Dark side, sorry, dark side. What I say?
0: You said Thanos. You said Thanos. Oh,
3: oh, sorry. When when Dark Side is jumping all out of the troop carrier and wielding his axe and shit, all I'm thinking is Thanos already did this so much better than you that you need to find another lane. There's already enough similarities between Thanos and Dark Side, but for Dark Side to not look like the little petty, like the sad little bitch next to Thanos, they're gonna have to do a lot more with it. He's got to have a better voice. He's gonna have to have a a memorable. After playing him, and they're going to have to come up with a different angle on that character, because he can't be Thanos, because Thanos already did it so much better than him.
2: Well, I thought he looked kind of like uh, what's his name, Tharak, the, Therak. the yeah, he a little bit, yeah. Yeah, he, he just had like that Heron. stone, his his skin looked like stone. Mm-hmm. But so I, I think, isn't like,
0: it kind of? That, so, like, like no, that, that's I, the problem, though, is I, n- whenever you look at his design, I don't really know how you stick to that design and make it look as cool as Thanos. you got to do something kind of different, so they were trying to make him look more intimidating. The, like, but honestly, I think, Dark Side, I, I, I think Dark Side looks a little chubby in the comic book. He kind of looks like a chubby dude. Like I don't yeah, know.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, well, yeah. He, you he know, looks know, kind he of does. pudgy. Yeah, you're right. He has a dad bod. Kind of. He's like real. I don't know. There's something about. No, he has a dad bod, dude. He got a little bit of a gut. He's supposed to be ancient. He's been, you know, traveling the universe. In this one, he jumped out without a shirt. You know, like come at me, bro. And I was just mm-hmm. like, Oh, and he's okay, got this weird, this is, like
0: but... huge. He's got this huge torso and like these tiny legs. So he's kind of like almost like a gorilla. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I said it during his final the final time he popped up in the Snyder cut, I turned to, to Milady here and I was just like, dark side looks like shit. <laughs> like I, I kept trying to, I was like, well, maybe that's kind of the, maybe that was some of the rougher CGI. I, I, I try and give, like, I don't really want to shit on the CGI for this movie because it yeah. was kind of like an aborted, uh, this was like an aborted project that they picked back up and tried to like mend back together years later. So I'm not going to really shit on, on the CGI and the letterbox. That didn't bother me either. Uh, um, so I don't want to enjoy but, that. I, I like letterbox film. I didn't so. enjoy I, it.
2: I just, now, I did y'all think there. they cleaned up the parademons demons a little bit because they did look cooler
0: for some reason Uh no I think they I think I thought I, I might have I don't know I didn't listen to go back and listen to our podcast I'm pretty sure I complimented the parademons in the last movie too and the parademons look cool you
3: yeah, didn't I, see I, as many I, close-ups I, with the parademons uh, because the sequence from uh, the, the original movie with Batman tying up the parademon on the rooftop yeah. that's not there so you don't get to see him as close-up and also in the Justice cut you see uh Darkseid turning a parademon a human into a parademon so you see the shift and so you're much more conscious of those being humans who are like enslaved slave zombie kind of things where this like movie, the they're allowed to be like, more alien and that doesn't
2: insectoid. happen until after he takes over the planet
3: like, right but I mean sure in, in like, the justice cut they show that transition that transformation happen and that's yeah. not in the Snyder cut where you see him turn people into parademons so I think the parademons in his movie are, are more consistently insectoid yeah
2: true and I do love the fact that they finally explained that fucking power plant in fucking the Ukraine and shit mm-hmm. where like you know they needed somewhere toxic to, to store the cubes and I guess feed off the energy or I, I, I don't I know if i've missed that part or maybe i wasn't paying
0: 100 attention
2: yeah they like, there's, really
3: a took the toxic there's a lot radiation of jargon out of the area and used it to help power the boxes and power their equipment and stuff okay i don't
0: really know if that's how radiation works but that's fine yeah uh yeah i guess that was cool except it wasn't kind of obvious he built this like gigantic multi-mile large dome like they were like where could he be i don't know man eh, i'm guessing somebody at some point would have noticed it um
2: and then let's see uh well i mean of course cyborg got more showtime got
0: way more showtime which i didn't mind i thought he was I thought uh everything that he did in this movie made some sense yeah except except like like i said earlier like does every character in this movie have to be completely omnipotent like they're all like omnipotent like the way they play cyborg the only
2: thing i can't i've never liked about the c and i've told this to frank before the only thing i've never liked about the dc universe is they're all gods yeah it's 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 not like they're they're all gods superman's a god wonder woman's a god cyborg is a god of technology like they're all just gods and it gets it gets a little boring because it's just gods punching each other each other so
0: yeah like like uh, did, did we ever feel any of these characters were in any danger at any point like it's just no not even in the slightest bit these dude these dudes are, are all like outrageously powerful all the time and then it was just you, you know I, look but i but here's the thing uh the actor who plays cyborg i totally get why he was pissed off if all this yeah. was to be in the movie and then we got the justice cut he doesn't know no, do that's yeah. in that movie uh i mean i'd be furious dude if the original vision uh, vision of that movie made me more powerful than superman is Essentially, and affect you know he's the one that splits the mother boxes. You no, know, it the... was
2: kind of goofy where his dad explained like, well, now every technology on Earth will bow to you, and they're showing like the bull fighting the bear where he can now affect. Because that was a little weird where he's like giving the woman money, and he's like he can manipulate the economy and he can manipulate weapons, and I'm just like, wow, that's like, re-. I mean, I get the fact that the dad's like, you know, you have all this power, and the hardest part is not to use it. No, I
0: again, actually, the
2: I whole like Superman, that. the whole Superman, you know, issue with you have all this power, so don't use it at all. Go be a normal guy, and he's kind of. I'm like you got all this power and you should not use it for a bad thing though you could
0: but that's the thing it's just like because all these characters have all the power they all have to keep the same shit in mind they all like can't use a speed force I told myself I wasn't going to do this I can't manipulate time since can't, I can no, no. do yeah, yeah. He's a, don't literally everything I want to at this because I am so fast I can do li- I could have undone I could turn time back really wait, 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 wait. No, so- dude he's so fast he could have undone this whole freaking movie before it started but uh, <laughs> it's it, you know what I mean it's just just like all these characters I, have no limits to their powers and it just it's a little tiring well you brought up Ezra Miller so as an actor I'm sure he's fine when he's
2: not choking out fans but I hated <laughs> his flash I hated hated his flash because I didn't know if he was a tweaker or he was normal because that whole fidgety like I'm tweaking out and my eyes are bulged out and I'm just shaking I'm like that's fucking annoying and then he would be a little bit of a smart ass with some of the stuff I'm like okay that's kind of funny and that's kind of the flash that I expect and then you go back to fucking tweaking and shit where he's like he just did like a fucking fucking shot of crystal blue or some shit and he's just bouncing off the walls. And I was just like, I really don't like him. Like, I really, really don't like him.
0: Yeah, so so, so that, that, uh, that that's, I, I'm kind of torn on that because one, it kind of makes sense that if he's this, if he's so fully charged, full energy that he also, also has kind of like an, an ADHD too because he's just, his brain's moving so fast all the time and his mouth's just constantly moving. The problem though is that, is that the Flash in any iteration?
2: No, I mean, that's actually more like uh, if I remember, more like Quicksilver that they did the whole thing where Quicksilver's an asshole because because he he's had every conversation he, you can have with him, like as you're talking, as you're he's talking. already finished that conversation. So he's very impatient. So he's an asshole. Uh, Flash is always kind of the sarcastic, you know, making jokes. That's that's so, his. Defense. So to me, that's his defense. Huh? Yeah. So
0: uh, as much as I, I understand that concept that he's a speedster, so he's going to have this ADHD, can't stop talking, blah blah blah, blah kind of awkward. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, if that's not the Flash in the comic books, then he, it's like he's just created a boy, like the boy's character. You know, what I mean? he's going to be a speedster in a uh. Na- guard in this book. You know what I mean? Like, and that like, dude, these characters have like an established history. Why don't you just do that? I mean, so I kind of got it except the problem is that, uh, Ezra Miller was a little annoying too. And I think sometimes it works like where he was like, Oh, bad, bad signal. Isn't that where you're supposed to? Oops, my bad. And then he like, kind of like whispers it to him in front of Diana. Like that's funny. But then other times the quips and stuff just sort of, I feel like his, his mic was turned up louder than the other people. So they would be like grunting and grumbling through a scene. And then he's making some comment in the background and it's like extremely loud. Loud, and I'm just like, I'm like that's a little annoying. Like, I, I, I wasn't a huge wasn't a huge fan of it. I see what he was trying to do. Um, honestly, it, his uniform, it, his uh, Flash costume that looked like it was straight out of a character from the 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Mm-hmm. Like that almost annoyed me as much as the ADHD. Oh, when Batman was like,
2: I see here you have a suit made out of the polymer that they use on you know the fucking space, space shuttle. Space shuttle, and it's this and that. And I, that scene I get was in the movie, but I was just like, I guess I did kind of like the scene where he. He saves the girlfriend even though that was really weird where they're like staring at each other and he's doing he's doing fine. the Quicksilver scene though Quicksilver did it better where he runs out there and he's like manipulating things and everything's moving in super slow-mo and he grabs a hot dog and he kind of you know brushes some ha- her hair out of her face and I was kind of like uh, like alright I get it I get it like I, I, had, I, no, before, I had no like, problem It was that. so awesome he touched the glass and the glass exploded I'm like dude people would have been on the other side of that glass and died like you realize like he's that's the whole his whole shtick is he's super fast, so he has to be careful because when he interacts with things, he's changing their, director, their, their directory. So I was like, ah. Eh. I,
0: I had no problem with that. I mean, that's super speedster stuff. You kinda, it, It's just sort of... Except they have the speed force going around him, so it's a little more destructive when he does yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't have any problem with that. I just felt the actor playing that character was just kind of annoying, and it kind of grated on me. And then I thought that the Flash uniform is just by... Oh, I wouldn't say by far the shittiest, because we've got Darkseid's uh, hat in the ring, and Cyborg is horrible looking. Oh yeah, dude, that CG um, still sucks. Dude, that Whatever he is like so matrix bad. shifting
2: but it like, looked
0: like it was a poor man's armor uh iron man suit it, no it was way worse than that wait oh now now whenever he would put the the helmet over his face to fly definitely poor man's iron man the rest of it was like I, he was like a poor man's terminator like the the terminator uh, uh t one t-100s look better than that right yeah. like uh, it looked terrible and i understand it was kind of supposed to look the mother box with that sort of angle stuff all over it it just looked horrible and to just have like literally uh, uh, like one third of his face that's the actor and the whole rest of it the CGI I think was a terrible mistake for somebody who had seen the, what their studio was able to put out for CGI like he he just looked horrible so well
3: that I, th- I think there really was really- some of that was a conscious choice though like the, the the severe asymmetry in his face I think they wanted him to have a more monstrous quality to him they wanted him to have this like being too thin and I think they, they did, made a point of doing things like giving him a booty so that you could see that it doesn't match the arms and legs correctly when, in the Snyder Cut I don't remember if it was in the Justice one but in the Snyder cut they show him developing a new armor at the end you know what i think it was joss whedon's version they show him developing a new armor like he's he's evolving and he's got a more superheroic look in that one so i I do think that that was a choice it wasn't just a matter of the cgi not being up to snuff
0: well no i i I mean i think those two things can run parallel that they wanted to have him look creepy by being almost skeletal but also it looked so bad that the t-100s from terminator 2 and terminator 1 look better in stop motion well it doesn't help that the actor himself
3: kind of has that sort of plastic like look about him he, I, you know, he does look make up. he looks like he's
0: got a lot of foundation on or, or something I mean he's got great, if that's just his skin he's got amazing skin but
3: he, 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 looks, he looks well like and also his hairline looks like it's like planted too I mean he looks like a T-400 like he looks like one of the ones that uh, they didn't really fool the humans they still knew they were two men so they shot at them and then they got up to the T-800s they could only fool everybody but the dogs you know that's my feeling I think they yeah, might have gotten the role of Cyborg because he naturally looks kind of plastic he,
0: he looks like he's got like a little guy liner he looks like he's got a real. Real nice foundation his skin is like flawless so i said it looks like he's got an, a snapchat filter on or mm-hmm. something you know what i mean so his skin all he already looks almost cgi his own face and then the rest of the body is all cgi and then the eyes are supposed to be moving at the same time but they don't really all the time it's just not it did not in my opinion it's just awful it's really and if i was the actor i'd be pissed they're like wait a second you want me to only have a third of my or two-thirds of my face visible as that like that's it i'd be a little pissed off they could have had the torso be him or one arm you know what i mean did we have to do yeah. the whole thing I, I, I just, and, and like i said if you felt if your uh, cgi uh, uh studio was more capable i guess go for it but they're not like this didn't it did not work but again the flash outfit is so bulky and bad looking mm-hmm. um like especially next to gal gadot who mm-hmm. looks like she was born in that costume it's so fantastic and Affleck's batman looks a little chubby mm-hmm. uh but he's trying to look frank miller stocky but because Ben Affleck's tall. He just looks kind of fat. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, look, he's supposed to be old or whatever. And then Henry Cavill in the Superman uniform looks incredible. Uh, like, outrageously good. Like, almost as good as any of these characters in Marvel, DC, whatever, in any sort of outfit. Uh, he looks fantastic. It,
3: yeah, It was really funny to me because when he's walking into the courtroom of Dawn of Justice, because I again, I'm, I, this is my weekend. My weekend was watching the Snyder stuff, and she watched a lot of it with me, and she thought that he looked terrible, and I'm just like, I, I didn't say anything at the time. time. but it's like, that's what Superman is supposed to look like. You know, whatever other misgivings I have about Cavill or the Snyderverse, I've never seen a a live action Superman look as good as majestic for me to believe that somebody would wear that suit. I believe that a person would wear that pseudo armor that he's got on. I think it looks glorious and I love the color.
0: So yeah, between him and Gal Gadot, uh, that is a a total opposite end of the spectrum as Cyborg and Flash. Like we're talking as far apart as you could possibly be. that is the some of the worst shit versus some of the, like the top tip top in all of comic moviedom. Um, I don't care if it's the the and like the boys costumes are all fantastic. These are up there by far. Where I'm like I'm not even like oh he's wearing you know it's superman he looks such like a goofball. No, I don't cape and everything. I'm in. I'm totally bought in on one of the most like made fun of costumes in you know because <laughs> the underwear on the outside <laughs> they pulled off so good. I know he doesn't wear the underwear on his outside in these movies. But what I'm saying is that, that costume looks so great in all of these films with that actor in it to for them to screw up the flash that bad Mm -hmm. uh and to screw up cyborg it's just really bizarre to me that they but again it's like the more you deviate from the comics the more screwed up it is Mm -hmm. like you know there's a theme to this that it's the more they they like mr fixin said earlier the more you get away from the books the The more you get up your
3: auteur asshole the more problems you have yeah yeah and one thing y'all didn't mention like
0: don't we hold on let me just wrap it up don't we all agree that the flash's costume is like one of the best in all of comics like the flash's costume is Fantastic! The the lightning bolt, the the winged ears, like like uh, Mercury or whatever. This is freaking great! You don't need to screw with this. This is fun. sure. Give it like a little scaly texture or whatever. You, whatever this nano particle yeah. suit you put on these characters is. Just put that texture on it. You don't need to make it some weird like uh, like hockey goalie reject junk all over. I'm like, terrible. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't even give a shit about the Flash. And it like really bot. Like you didn't need to do this. You know? Like it, it just whatever. Sorry. I
3: was waiting for fix it. Oh, about what? I thought you were going to chime in on the Flash. Costume. No, I mean, I already did. It, no, the classic Flash, polymer, the comic yeah. book Flash.
0: It's
2: it's I, it's it's one of the armor war armors that were stolen. Or no, something, no, 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 no.
3: I'm saying the he's asking about the comic book costume, the classic comic book costume. What do you think of that? Oh, I've always liked it. I mean,
2: it's the Flash. It's it's recognizable. It's uh, it's the red spandex with the uh, the lightning bolt, and then you and, have and the other Flash running, that has the 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 uh, was it the helmet with the wings on it, and even Impulse has kind of a Flash look. And I mean, they're very
0: you, you know, you you have like the yellow like. Ear things or whatever, and when he's running, the streaks are coming off of him and stuff. Like yeah. I don't know, like this is just this is comic book stuff, dude. It Looks good in the comic books. Put it on the freaking movie screen. You don't need to surround him with blue lightning. What are you doing? Make it yellow lightning like the comic books.
3: Come on, dum dum. The Flash's comic book costume is one of the most beloved in comics. I've never been as big a fan of it as most people, but I recognize that it's iconic. For me personally, I like the John Wesley Ship costume. I think the Flash ninety or whatever it was the TV show that's the best costume, and it's also the most comics accurate one. So I think that validates Max's point, but. The, the, a major issue with these movies is that you've also got the DC characters on the CW. And Marvel was very jealous about letting any of their stuff make it a TV before it was in the movies. They wanted to decide what their characters were going to look like. And so none of the Marvel shows got to do anything with any of the substantial Marvel heroes for the most part, aside from maybe the Netflix shows. Whereas DC allowed their characters to be duplicated. And there's uh, a lot of uh, irritation that was caused by that. The fact that you already had Grant Gustin playing The Flash on TV and then they hired That's a holder after actor with another costume for the movies but the worst part is the TV show with much less of a budget but more practical and recognizing they're going to have to reuse these suits and make them comfortable enough for the actors to do what they got to do they're just better the Flash costume on the TV show is much better than the movies uh, it, it, I don't understand why that wasn't Wayne Tech 2 like if the guy's working four jobs and trying to put himself through school why is he also spending uh, his money on making the suit when it could have just been a Wayne thing and a uh, uh, version 1.0 it's so bold because they had to whip it up real quick. Something like that to explain it. But another thing that really bugs me is the way that they have Ezra Miller's body slung. Like, I I imagine they were trying to give him a different visual vocabulary than most Beasters. So he does this thing where he just, like, slings his arm around and he looks like somebody doing the windmill. Like, they don't know how to fight, so they just start flailing their arms around and hoping they hit something. He doesn't look like he's running. He looks like he's flailing and it's goofy as shit.
0: Thank you. Okay, so I I kept saying this to myself last night and I'm like, dude, you've got to hang up in the movie. Like, 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 just whatever. Maybe that's the way some sort it, it was like he was like speed swimming or something it looked like he was swimming uh and you know, like he was doing that arm over thing right where he's sweeping his arm out and then going over instead of running and i was like okay I, i'm starting to nitpick if that's really getting on my nerves and then he would do it again and i'm like why do i keep focusing on it it looks so weird so i'm glad you brought that up and i didn't dude because that really got <laughs> on my nerves why did they have to make
3: him run weird yeah i don't know dude it, 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 and, I, and I think the I, idea, he's a I superhero the so he should look cool not goofy you should be aiming for cool look at hussein bolt how does that guy run make him run like that don't have him freaking looking like he's splashing around in water while he's supposed to be running on land it doesn't and not swimming well either yeah
0: but his uh, yeah but he was like running in place but swinging his arms out Well, not just that
3: too he looked like he was running like on on, like the side of his foot like he was pushing off against his ankle while he was running nobody would ever run like that because they'd break their fucking ankle He didn't look like he was running he looked like he was just flailing about he looked like an amoeba he
0: he was he was uh, you know what okay guys this is is about to get really white in the this podcast. You ever see uh you ever see that show Friends? <laughs> yes, and when Phoebe runs, yes. yeah I was going to say oh, that I know oh, your oh, wife oh. would love that. Oh, okay, and you're not even white, dude. Yeah. But guess what? Now you are. You're we just drafted you in the racial draft. <laughs> I'm taking uh dude, I'm taking Mr. Fixit. Uh you're now white.
2: I, I was going to uh, say that, but I'm like his wife is probably close by and she'll start laughing out loud.
3: My credentials were already kind of dicey to begin with, so I could see yeah. my card getting pulled <laughs>
0: from from all races nobody wants you. Um so yeah, yeah. So what do you call it uh Jennifer Aniston's character? Wants to go running with, yeah, uh,
2: Phoebe runs and she has this weird, like, she's, she's like, right? run?
0: she she runs like a kid because that's what what's fun. That's what he was running where his arms are just flailing all over the place and he runs like a spaz. Yeah, it, it was, it's just goofy looking, you know what I mean? So, between the horrible costume, I didn't like the stupid lightning bolts, the, the blue lightning all over him. I, I didn't like anything about The Flash. Ezra Miller's annoying, uh, whatever. It, it didn't break the movie for me, but I was just like, Ugh. yeah, because yeah, I mean, I don't know. He was sort of a nothing for a lot of the movie. He does have a big spot in the end, and but I did like the, where he runs out and his shoes blow off his feet. Um, I always had this thing that if i ever wrote the flash everybody can laugh now that i always like if uh things like led lights if you look at them through like a camera they flicker because the the shutter speed or whatever can't keep up with how uh led lights flash so if you take a camera and you're recording the back of a car and cars all have led lights now sometimes they flash or if you record the inside of a car they have these lcd screens in them they're actually flashing because they flash just rapidly but the the human eye can't keep up and the other thing is that uh what do you call it uh fluorescent lights do it too so like in gas stations and stuff th- those lights actually are flickering really, really fast? You just can't tell. Which is why when they go out, they kind of you'll see them flickering. Um, I always thought that it would be crazy, like like if you were a speedster, you couldn't go into gas stations and places with with cheap ass light like that because you would literally spit you would have to t- take a step and you would spend in your brain what's like five minutes in complete darkness until the light came back on, like your brain. So like I, I like that you think of, I like when they think of some of these powers causing inherent challenges to your life, like like when he goes to go really fast, his shoes blow off. Like yeah, of course they would, right? Because the dude, like Chuck uh, Chuck Taylors are rather rugged but they can't move at the speed of light right you know what i mean so i like when they do stuff like that so when he had to turn real fast and his shoes couldn't keep up and they blew off his feet i like stuff like that um so yeah anyway i I like details like that so when he was actually doing speeds or stuff i i didn't really mind it but some of that stuff really bugged me those are kind of hang-ups uh did it bug me in this movie no if i had to watch a two and a half hour long ezra miller flash movie would it bug me yeah probably yes
3: well and i have a big big issue too and i'm sure fix it has this problem as well is who is ezra miller playing because that's not Barry Allen, that's no. not that that's not Jay Garrick, uh, that's not Wally West. It's kind of Bart Allen, but not really. So if I can't I felt rec- more like impulse, yeah, Bart Allen, yeah. yeah. So I don't want to see a Bart Allen movie, you know. And if you're going to do it, he, he needs to be funnier because Bart Allen was funny, but also Bart Allen was a kid, and it doesn't make sense for an adult to act that way. Now I will say that while watching the movies with me, Paquita liked The Flash the best. Of course, uh, she just really liked his his awkwardness and you know just not being in sync with the other people uh, so she, that resonated with her
0: Yeah, I think I said that earlier where it we was just like yeah that's cool he's got ADHD I think that would be kind of a cool problem for a speedster to have except that's not the Flash mm-hmm. and this is a, supposed to be the Flash movie and you've got decades and decades of Flash material and if you're going to just ignore it all and create your own character go do it on Netflix or go do it on Amazon Prime you don't have to do it in this movie uh, and, and again if it was done right I might be maybe wouldn't have cared but I thought the humor kind of sucked and for the most part he came across annoying in those scenes and i thought that uh he didn't really work well with a lot of the other actors I, I, you know except did it break, it did not break uh make or break the movie for me but it was definitely annoying I, I didn't didn't care for it
3: so i think the only one you haven't touched on is aquaman is it weird that i don't feel like aquaman's really even does a lot in this movie for having i
2: did, I did miss the jo- i missed when he did the joke where he sat on the lasso
3: yeah
0: yeah i did oh, like that oh that's right that wasn't in this version yeah, yeah right, i really
2: did like that joke i thought that was pretty funny and it kind of it kind of gave, you know, it 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 softened his his rugged. Because I mean, the dude took off his shirt like twenty times in this fucking movie. Like he literally dude. put on a shirt just to take it off. <laughs> we said the in same slow thing, motion. Dude.
0: We were like, did he just come out of the water and put a shirt on just to go back in the water two minutes Trust later? Me, and my my mother
2: brought it up to me. She's like, is he taking a shirt off again? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sure she was enjoying that. I didn't realize, you know, she was doing a countdown. But at, yeah. at
0: one when uh, when when Henry Cavill came back as Superman when they resurrect him, I did the 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 Black Panther incident. Instead of and get this man a shield it was and get this man a shirt because the dude <laughs> never has a shirt on like ever like of course his shirt had to blow off like there was no way that dude's keeping his shirt on in this movie and nor should he henry cavill i'm not that's not a diss bro take that shirt off homie it's not gonna yeah. be you're gonna be like that forever
3: I, I know that the marvel people work out pretty well but there are more adonis bodies per uh, lead actor in this movie than probably almost anything else this side of like 300 you're like, out of your mind what are you talking about those are these people have incredible bodies
0: uh, Chris Evans Chris Pratt and uh yeah. just Chris is alone in the Marvel Universe are so up- dude Chris I told you we've talked about I don't know what Chris Evans was taking uh on Civil War or no on uh during Winter Soldier that dude is so outrageously yoked in that movie like it's ridiculous and now have you seen freaking uh Chris Hemsworth getting ready for uh Love and Thunder yeah
3: this dude is on another freaking level He's well, not I mean, a his body anything. double is upset because he can't keep up with the mask that Hemsworth is putting on dude Dude, like it's like
0: scary he's getting like scary large so I, I and, and again in, well, and I Guardians, love the
2: fact that he's probably gonna play Thunderstrike which is an asshole version of Thor
0: <laughs> which should be kind of fun okay I we're hope. not here for love and thunder spoilers thank you very much I, I've blocked that hashtag Um, no. so but and, and then Chris Chris Pratt in Guardians one is freaking shredded too he obviously gets chubby later and it's kind of a funny joke but um, I, I'd say all the, the the Marvel dudes are doing just fine let's let's yeah. just chill, chill out here Henry Cavill though is, is right up there with those guys uh, guy King, he's
3: crazy. got it yeah he's got one of the best bodies it's it's and if, uh, i that will, i want a superman that's that big i love that he physically looks like he's powerful I, but you know? it was just
0: funny because no but i totally agree with you earlier he is the worst clark Kent ever so why yeah. are we even, and it's like that's that storyline is such an afterthought in in man of steel and in batman for superman donna justice i kept waiting for the can we just reveal he's superman and clark clinton to the same guy so we can just abandon this clark kent shit because you obviously don't care about it uh like they just both happened to die and that they they took the body out of one casket. It and put it in the one that goes in freaking Kansas or whatever and I'm like this is stupid can we just let's forget this just I, I, like you know I, I was I, I love the the uh, the Tony Stark Iron Man as my body card thing but really one of the best things the Marvel Universe did wasn't that first movie just get rid of the stupid alter ego yeah get rid of it like and I'm you know what it, these movies don't have time for this bullshit we don't need Superman running into a stupid phone booth that doesn't exist anymore like forget this stuff like there are plenty of stories for 24-7 us. yeah we, we don't need to figure out how Clark's paying his rent like this is just not something I'm concerned now, about.
2: Now, Frank, how did you feel about Wonder Woman being, uh, I guess, demoted to being the... Let us let me uh, tell you the history of everything that's going on.
0: Well, how do you mean that it he's demoted? I mean, that's demoted. I don't know. Dude, did, she didn't seem to kick that much ass anymore. No, you she kicked tons of ass in this movie. In fact, she, if anything, if anybody was demoted in this movie, it was Batman. He couldn't fix his own so? planes. Was... He couldn't fix his own planes. Mm-hmm. He couldn't do... Dude, it, Wonder Woman... Uh, sorry. Because all she did uh, was no, like, this, Miller is actually...
2: dark side, this, is Miller this is the story and this is why this is happening,
0: and this is what we gotta do.
2: It, it, it seemed yeah. like she was explaining to everybody what needed to be done.
3: She did, she did do a lot more exposition and it's a problem because Gal Gadot's not a very good actress and agree, the yeah. more she talks in a row like, the more that's like, not like, evident. Uh, but, like,
2: she, I, mean, I mean she did a little bit of that in the, the Weenverse too but this one is just I don't know. It's just
3: But shouldn't she be?
0: She's like 5,000 years
2: old and she's the true. one who knows. She, no, she, I just uh, wanted her to kick so. more ass. Like I, I like that scene where she takes out the terror and she uses her bracelets and she does her <laughs> well, Dragon thing, Ball blast. That
3: scene for the most part is the same as in the original cut the Dude, difference I mean, it's is
2: way more violent it's way it's more, more violent
3: every time somebody hits their head against the wall there's a big blood splotch uh when she disappears for a little while and the gunman's got to go and look for a, a machine gun to kill the the hostages to make yeah. sure that the, the terrorist lag in front of him is in a pool of blood there's no uh, ambiguity about it. she's running around killing these people which is why like when i go back and i rewatch wonder woman and i see her sparing dr psycho sorry dr poison's life it's like but she's killing all these Terrorists in Justice League. Yeah. What's the you know? Why wouldn't you just drop the tank on her ass because of the power of love? It's like it, it, there's a shrill inconsistency to her being that violent and her supposed to being this this a uh, uh, being of loving kindness and such. Uh, and I there's no amount of like literally there's there's pools of blood and then she goes and she tells the little girl you can be anything you but, want to be.
2: Oh, which, dude, that's the only thing. I'm tired. I, mm-hmm. I get Wonder Woman, but I don't need her to tell that to. It, I think isn't that like every one of her movies? Pretty much. But, but what, what like, I thought was. Funny. Like one the,
3: day. there was a tweet huh? where they basically said uh, she goes from you know these this uh massacre to telling you know to telling the girls like girl boss tweet pep talk you know it's stupid it's and they they do something similar to that in uh the, the joss whedon cut but it's in a separate sequence away from all the the people and also she didn't kill all those guys necessarily well, yeah. at least it's not readily apparent that she killed all those guys it's just so much bloodier than it needs to be and i gotta say the timing on the, the joss whedon edit for that sequence is much much better and especially the music because they make sure to use the now iconic Wonder Woman theme for when she's up on the statue in the back oh, the and then when she bursts yeah yeah and then when she bursts through the doors and stuff where this version it, everything Wonder Woman does you've got ancient lamentation to the point where it's a meme now you know Wonder Woman <laughs> eats a sandwich ancient lamentation you know that oh, thing use the fucking theme or don't use the theme but don't use this thing in place of the theme that's much less than and also like why why is it got to be a mournful act every time she does anything very irritating in this movie about that
2: okay I was kind of curious I mean I I liked her in the movie I just thought it was weird where I I did like where they launched the arrow to get her Mm -hmm. attention Mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of neat
3: well that and when she's investigating the dark side tomb she doesn't have to talk and that's a plus in that sequence
2: yeah but she does have to explain to everybody like this is this is what is going on this is what's happen, this was what happened in the past. Kind of, she kind of broke it down for everybody, so
3: yeah. And, and I, I think thought, that's something that Joss Whedon movie... recognized and made take advantage of. Is you actually, it's weird, there's more Jason Momoa in both versions of the movie, and there was stuff that just had to get cut. Like, there's one moment I really like where after they have the uh, the dam break and the water's rushing into the tunnel, you see the silhouette of Jason Momoa before, you yeah. Know, and one of seeing that, just trying to figure out what it is, and they lose that in the Joss Whedon cut, and it gives them more of a mystique that I kind of missed. And there's another sequence when they're all fighting superman where uh, he's going after batman and in the joss whedon cut she he, the only person who stands in his way is wonder woman and there's it's kind of cool because there's this applied power to her that she's the only one who is still standing to, to try to stop him from going at batman but in this in the Snyder version you get to see momoa and flash collide and there's some animosity there but it's yeah. funny because if you go to the joss whedon cut he also puts in extra scenes with momoa like having tensions with other cast members in particular uh, it's not just Cyborg reacting to Superman as it is in the Snyder cut. It's that, uh, Aquaman's adrenaline starts to pump because he's kind of freaked out. And, you know, you've got Flash talking about, it's just a pet cemetery situation we're going to have here? And it builds up the tension much better, but also you get to see these characters interact better. And in particular, Momoa is plugged into those scenes a lot more often. I think Whedon recognized the charisma and the improved delivery of Momoa and utilized him more when he was having to make cuts, where in Snyder's version, you do have a lot more of Gadot, uh, uh, well, Everybody has a ton more exposition in the Snyder uh, cut, and some of them are much better at it than others, but clearly Godot's the worst.
2: Okay, so now I, I have to ask this, Frank, because this has been gnawing on me the whole time. We're going to go ahead and talk about the special
0: guest or the reveal.
3: No, no, no. Let's save that for the end. Yeah, right, let's get a I, I very, very huge
0: question on that one, dude. Like, I have to have okay, it. So it. it well, I, I think okay. we're getting pretty close. I mean, I don't know how much we've already talked about all the actors. Well, see, we've, yeah. we've
3: uh, a lot of what we've done has been something of a retread of our Justice League podcast not so much yeah, that I think uh, it's a problem but I made a point of listening to it like we all thought that cyborg was one of the better characters in the the justice version the 2017 version there's a lot of stuff where we're paralleling the same opinions um but with with tweaks enough to make it worthwhile we really need to talk about the difference between a two-hour cut and a four-hour cut like how uh, did you guys watch these in one sitting did you break well, it I up did. how did you experience it
0: I did I watched it in one sitting two sitting we, we went uh to chapter four and then watched four five six in the epilogue next night
3: i think i yeah. watched it over six seatings across three days good lord <laughs> yeah okay i took full advantage of all the twitter. chapter breaks they left they left now one of the things that people were talking mm-hmm. about on twitter there, there were two very strong opposing opinions there were people who said that you had to watch all four hours in one sitting to really get the full experience and there were other people saying that it's hella boring and uh, you know i'm not going to watch four hours of the shit straight um now mr Fixit, as the person who did sit through the whole movie do you feel like it was enriching for you to see it all in one run well,
2: i about gluttony so yeah it was it was good uh it gave the film uh room to breathe i felt like i the characters felt more flushed out um honestly the four hours really didn't feel like four hours i really do agree with a lot of people like it went pretty fast for me it did i mean every once in a while i would check and i'm like holy shit we still got like two and a half hours ago but it didn't feel that way um so i don't know it, I, I was fine i enjoyed it i'm probably gonna binge
0: watch it again so i i felt like two sittings was fine um there was not enough a- wherever we broke I we broke right before commissioner gordon went to go shine the, the bad signal um it, the movie was slow enough that i wasn't like on the edge of my seat we gotta keep watching i was like well you know what, this is a good place to stop and we stopped we picked up the next day and it was like where are we at oh i remember exactly where we're at um and it wasn't that big of a deal um so yeah I, I i heard a lot of people talk about how this was like so action-packed you couldn't like you were like on the edge of your seat the whole time um it definitely wasn't um it wasn't dawn of justice slow and boring at all there were way more action beats with steppenwolf popping around um but i wasn't on the edge of my seat uh i should say it felt shorter than donna justice but donna justice was still three hours so it maybe (laughs) felt like a it still it felt like a three-hour movie instead of maybe a four-hour movie but it didn't feel like it was like oh my god it's over already it was long and there was not that much act there was a lots of you know lois is just talking here and lois is getting coffee again but it was bet that was way better than here we're going in the courtroom again and we're talking to another politician like it was way better than that uh, but I wouldn't say that it felt I was not on the edge of my seat for four hours yeah I'll just I, it that
3: way. I, I have no regrets about the way I watched it in fact I kind of wish I'd added another a couple of sessions or a couple of or another deck or so I really feel like this was me watching a season of a TV show. And I think it's somewhat unfair to try to compare the 2017 cut and the 2021 cut, because yeah. it, it, not only is was there never going to be a theatrical release that was four hours long, but you can tell that this was edited, at least partially, after everything that happened related to that movie. It's a, a more morose movie. There are these long sequences with sad songs that might have previously had Icky Thump by White Stripes over them, but sure. now he, 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 there's a lot of instances of mourning and you, you feel like there's a much greater emphasis on the sadness following Superman's death and the ability to take that time and it, it is taken and the song choices too because to me Zack Snyder's always had a tendency to go for the, the hit you know it's always like the, doll, the song everybody knows the Cohen song everybody knows the Stone song that everybody knows where this movie had a lot more obscure cuts I have to wonder if maybe this, this, some of these songs were some of his daughter's favorites I know that the use of Hallelujah repeatedly is because that was one of her favorite songs Um, this was definitely made Made not to be a movie and, and to be this sprawling four hour epic and I, I think it works much better as individual episodes of a TV show I would never want to watch this in one rip I will never see this theatrically to be perfectly honest I don't think I'll ever rewatch the entire movie again I think that I might go to individual sequences individual scenes but there's no way I'm ever going to sit here and watch this thing as a movie because that's not what it is and as a TV show I think it's a lot still a, longer than it needs to be Now I, I would want to jump around a little bit
0: I think it's an excellent point that you brought up and I think that that is a very underrated point you can't compare this to the Justice League because the the studio literally said, "Joss Whedon, you've got to help. Everybody hated the last movie so bad because it was long and dark. Can you take this shambles? Just like some clips of the movie we have, we'll give you a little budget to reshoot some. You got to make it shorter and brighter and add some jokes." So he had is like I think the the Justice cuts like two hours. It's like the
3: shortest two hours, yeah. Like two.
0: It's two. the shortest DC movie with <laughs> the most characters in it. They had to make it so. If you told Zack Snyder to take this four-hour movie and cut it into two, it would probably suck too right like it's it's just a completely different beast whereas if you told joss whedon you can tell your story but tell it in four hour long episodes i bet you'd get a totally different product than we got back then too these are two totally different it's like comparing breaking bad to a theatrical movie. like nobody's gonna sit in a movie theater for five seasons of a show of a movie like that doesn't make these things don't combine where this was obviously being released like like you said just long melodic like musical plays with nothing happening on the screen that would never make it into a movie theater like you can't there's not enough time for that kind of stuff um, so yeah I, I, I think the comparisons are really not fair
3: uh, well, especially because f- everybody's coming out right now I think most of these people have not gone back and watched the 2017 version of the movie and they're just talking about how massively superior this version is and and what it, what it, how d- everybody was done dirty by the, the movie and I think that there's a case being made because my understanding is they were bringing in and Joss Whedon for rewrites you know early not early on but early-ish and that especially after uh, the death of uh, Snyder's daughter they were, were pushing harder and harder like they were trying to push him out because they didn't want the movie um, that he was making and I think a, a real issue is that there was a crisis of faith go- stemming from Man of Steel uh, that movie the, the released version of Dawn of Justice that ch- chopped out that half hour or so from the movie and the movie suffers greatly for that I think that the rating that, that movie received and the drubbing that movie received was because Snyder had made a three hour movie that they cut poorly to a two and a half hour long movie and I think that they were making a point of pushing Snyder out of control by enforcing that two hour time frame and Whedon adhered to that and he again he cut the movie literally in half from what we see in the 2021 edit but that part isn't his fault. A lot of it was the studio undermining Snyder and I really think that a lot of the animosity that has been directed at Whedon all this time even though he does have you know, there there are elements there that are worth attacking him for. I think ultimately the Snyder fans owe him an apology because I've watched uh, the attention I wanted to watch as purely as possible so the other movies I watched after. I started watching Zack Snyder's Justice League. I got through the first several chapters and I realized that I was not going to be able to keep it straight in my head well enough where that stops and the other movie would start and I really wanted to deliver like run them almost parallel to each other so I went back after a few chapters in the Zack Snyder's Justice League and watched the 2017 one and they were constantly attacking Whedon for being a lesser director a less visionary director for adding all these new scenes and shit and the fact is maybe 10% of the theatrical release was new material shot by Whedon and of that 10% like 7% is in the climax the rest of the movie the stuff that he directs is small and necessary because in order to take what Snyder was trying to do in four hours and make it into two hours required rewrites and the real thing was ADR like you'll see the same footage that was shot by Snyder but they'll dub in different dialogue to do different things with that sequence and they trim the sequences down so if you want to say the editing was bad you could say that I disagree with it though because I think it was the best possible editing you could do to make that a two hour movie I right. really think that you could have made a strong two and half hour long movie and clearly there's enough in here for a two and a half hour movie and I think that's the real failure is that the War- Warner Brothers were not willing to commit to two and a half hours I think that they thought that this was going to be another failure and they were cutting their losses they wanted to get their bonus before the end of the year and they wanted to get as many showings that first weekend as possible to make as much money up front as possible because they didn't have faith in either one of the filmmakers I think that there's a good two and a half hour long movie here and it's not well served by a two hour theatrical cut nor a four hour uh, television cut
0: I, I mean I think that's a I think it's a about- Valid. I, I do think that, I, I think, well, I don't know if two and a half, I think you probably, because there's just, dude, this is literally, there's so much going on in this movie because, like Mr. Fix, it's said a billion times. DC did this in reverse. They didn't want to introduce each individual character. This was the movie where they're having to basically, you're having to tell origin stories <laughs> in a way yeah. for all of these characters and do Darkseid and do Steppenwolf and deal with the death of Superman and deal with the return of Superman. I think this is a three hour movie to get all this but, in. And there was or, a lot of fat on this movie,
2: like that made no sense to me. The scene that always came, that always bothered me, is the part where uh, Barry Allen's in the car with Batman, and he goes, well, "What's your superpower?" And he goes, "I'm a billionaire." And then they filmed the car driving off and like jumping onto the freeway, and I'm like, "I, I didn't need to see this, you know, super rare Mercedes drive on a freeway. Like, there was no need for that." Yeah, well, just, the, the, just, the, just say I, the I line should, and it's go to the
0: next scene. I, I should say that it, when the car drives off in the background, it's the the uh, "You're Not Alone" Suicide Help on the billboard. I, I'm I'm not saying he in turn to the scene. Just really? To put that billboard the there. That. Yeah. I, I'm not saying he did that just for that scene. But yeah, if you're, that's the kind of stuff that if this was in a movie theater, you don't have time to do. Yeah. So he, he, he really took advantage of having the TV style runtime. Uh, Got gotcha. you. So, but I do think, I'm, I'm not shitting on you for making that observation. That's true. He, uh, you didn't of that. Uh, I, right?
2: I, I see, I didn't get that from that. I was just like, why are we, I thought, honestly, for the minute, I thought, oh, are they pushing this car? Like, but I've never seen a commercial for her. Is this kind of like, you know, a Mercedes, you know, what do you call it, those? It was,
0: a, it was a Mercedes concept car back in 2018 or 2017 But, or it, but
2: I, it felt like it was one of those uh, what is a product placement moment so that's what I thought oh, yeah well, to sure.
3: point out it. that uh, Marvel has Audi and uh, yeah. DC has Mercedes yeah. and I will say not being a car guy, that was a beautiful machine I love the looking at that thing yeah it's,
0: yeah. it's a, it was a that's a real Mercedes concept from from the 2017 2016 17 18 something like that that showed up at some auto shows. it's I, when I say real I mean it's a real concept car that they built I guarantee you it doesn't like Actually, drive or anything, but uh, it, it was at shows and stuff like that. That car is not purchasable. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's just, it was the same way with. Well, Marvel doesn't just have Audi. It's more Tony Stark does Audi, but they mm-hmm. also do Acura. So all the all Shield agents driving Acura MDXs and stuff. And then uh, Tony in. I can't remember which Marvel movie it was. It's driving an Acura NSX, but it was like years before the actual NSX came out. It was basically vaporware for the longest time. The, the, the project getting scrapped. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Marvel. I'm talking about cars. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Some stuff. But yeah, it, th- that's that is. Product placement—that's fine. They got to do product placement. Um, I, I want to say when they're in Star Star Labs and he's working on. Uh, there was a weird like Diet Dr Pepper drop in this movie somewhere, and I was like, "Oh shit, that's Diet Dr Pepper." Or was that Man of Steel? I don't know. There was somewhere there was like a huge two-liter bottle of Diet Dr Pepper, and that's like all I. Looked I, at I think
3: that see. is Man of Steel because I think I remember seeing that as well. I think they had a tie-in promoting a movie or something that sounds familiar. Super,
0: yeah. So, but that's just that's just any movie. But um, I yeah, I I just think that like you said, I, it's not fair to compare this to any sort of theatrical movie and you also have to take the justice cut in context of what was happening at the studio at that time and i totally agree i, I don't really know if he deserves a lot of the criticism for what happened um I, I think it's the studio the studio screwed it up they they panicked um i don't know if they panicked did they panic
3: they panicked they absolutely went to panic mode yeah
0: but 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 the theatrical cut of batman vs well, superman did suck
3: yeah like, yeah yeah it well, and it's not just that but my feeling like, you look at man of steel and i people forget how how much of an influence Christopher Nolan had over that movie. Yeah. And uh, David Goyer also had a lot of influence because he had done a bunch yeah, of stuff but... for the Batman movies as well. So I feel like Snyder maybe didn't get fake the, the movie that he wanted to make with Man of Steel because it is a much brighter and more optimistic film than Batman vs. Superman. I feel like Snyder was correcting for that with BVS. He made it darker and he made it more of his movie and I don't think that was the correct direction to take it in but I think that was a lesson he learned from Man of Steel only pulling in like six hundred and sixty eight million dollars uh, it came in just ahead of four Dark world. everybody thought that this movie was supposed to make a B and it barely made over half that you know so I think that he was correcting by making the second movie more of a Batman movie and more of a dark movie. And the studios and everybody else took their lesson from BVS that that was the wrong way to go, even though it made considerably more money. That made 874 million is the seventh highest grossing movie of the year it came out. But the studios should have been saw one, the, though. huh? It should have been number one though. Exactly. They they, seven, they, the expectation was you put Batman and Superman in a movie, it makes a billion because the Dark Knights, ro- the Dark Knight movies were the, I think, some of the first to get to a billion. And the last Batman movie, Dark Knight Rises, earned $1.08 billion. So $874 million seems a lot less, given that you've got more resources, you've got more heroes, there's a launching pad for Justice League movies. So I, Warner Bros. definitely went to Panic Road, and I do think that they made uh, Snyder make his Justice League jokeier and lighter and more hopeful, and that still manifests in this movie. I still feel like Zack Snyder's Justice League is compromised by things that they placed on him, but I agree with those compromises because I don't think that his natural instincts were correct in how to show the, the Justice League. Um, I so totally agree.
0: Real total totally war. agree. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt watching the Snyder Cut, if I'm going to get to my opinion on it, is that he had a mulligan here, okay? He got to look at Batman v Superman, Donna Justice and be like, okay, yeah, I probably went a little far. And although there are still some brutal moments, like you said, the Wonder Woman, the dudes in the pool of blood and stuff, this movie was definitely more lighthearted. He didn't go out outrageously grim and dark with it um i'm not saying there wasn't some of it especially with the stupid the joker epilogue and stuff like that but i I feel like he did correct his ship after after the fact and maybe the original version of this movie he wouldn't have had time to have corrected it it would have been too far in i feel like this is some real 2020 vision being applied to the snyder cut to make it better than it probably was going to be
3: but and i disagree with you a little bit there though because i think (laughs) i think that what snyder filmed regardless of what his intentions were they were still lighter and more hopeful than he would have ever wanted, and he might have cut that stuff out. Or, like you said, maybe there is 2020 vision. But when he goes back and films those teasers, those stingers, particularly the nightmare sequence, I think he goes to that dark place because he can get away with it. So I still think that he he put out the movie that he filmed, but I think that the movie he filmed is still not the movie he wanted it to be, and that's part of why he goes for that extra dark nightmare stinger because he's trying to get it. Back to the place where you really wanted it, what? which is that. Oh, no, 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 let's not go there
2: yet, because I, I do want to talk about that too. Okay, so let's talk about the special guest now.
3: Well, before you do that, though, you haven't talked about your feelings overall of S- Jack, Zack Snyder's Justice League versus the theatrical release. Um, same same point, quickly,
0: he, he hated you hated the Justice League.
2: Yeah, no, no, you I didn't. I a, so. didn't. I don't think
3: so.
0: You didn't.
2: We were I, pretty
3: complimentary on the podcast. I, I wasn't
0: impressed
2: by it. Okay, uh, it wasn't like oh my, this movie. I will, I won't like. Did impress me with some scenes. The Amazons, I thought were fantastic fantastic uh i thought they got a better deal i did like they dipped a little bit into the past where they showed like all the armies coming together to battle uh dark side um i did like you know they showed granny goodness in the back i thought that was pretty cool because now they're talking about the furies so they did you know they, they did little stuff that i like i thought the story was uh, i mean it it was fine i mean i i enjoyed i think more cyborgs arc because his father and they all seem to have issues with their fathers or mothers or some shit because you know he's having his issue with his dad you know he doesn't he's angry at him he's never around but then the dad gives him a tape and he smashes the tape and you know he's kind of giving us you know I mean, that's why this fine. can't be a two, it. Watch it again. Be a two I and a half hour it.
0: movie. Huh? I said that's why this can't be a two and a half hour long movie. All the stuff you're talking about, like there's no yeah. way this movie could be two and a half.
2: Yeah, there's just so much that's what I'm saying. This 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 format gave the movie space to breathe and like flush out stuff that a two hour movie would not allow. Like they would just cut all that shit and you just kinda have to guess it or figure it out yourself. This movie was more like, you know, this is why Cyborg is so important all of a sudden. I get where why, you know, he was kind of seen as the heart of the team and back Batman is the motivation to get the team together, and he's struggling because I think some ways he feels like he's not strong enough to bring them all together. Because technically he's just a guy amongst God, and he's trying to get all these gods, you
0: know, corralled together to fight this force that's coming from somewhere else. Um, well, it's like you said, Mr. Fix-It. These are the things that – though that's the info we should have got from the Cyborg movie that led yeah. into a Justice League movie, yeah. and they didn't do it that way. So inherently their own roadmap to this universe, like it, they stepped on their own shoelaces, right? Like, you have to tell these details to make us give a shit about these characters. And you can't do it in a two-hour-long movie. No. Like, you can't do it. You just can't. You need you need the detail. Like, you need to let it breathe, like you said. You best, gotta let it breathe in this the movie. The best example is Aquaman.
2: If you watch his movie, you get his disdain of humans and Atlanteans. So when he pops up in his movie, you get why he is the way he is. It's not just like, well, he's Aquaman, he's an asshole. No, he has this really weird relationship with the two worlds. And so you see how he interacts with all these humans and gods among them so that made more sense Superman uh, I mean he died he came back in a black suit
0: um yeah but he had his own movie I mean you, yeah you he had his own
2: the- movie Batman I mean it, it Batman is just that his Batman versus Superman that was basically the Batman movie to give his origins flash just kind of like you get it his dad's in prison if you know the comics he's in there because they think you know they, they believe he killed his wife um
0: but we don't know how he got the powers we don't yeah know I, mean, I mean they like, don't
2: explain the ex- the accident any of that shit and then of course you know cyborg this was was more of a cyborg movie because we've got more of cyborg story and you know he's like you know i don't i don't know if i want this power he's you know the the great you know with great power comes great responsibility bullshits on his shoulders so i mean
0: oh the hey, movie, did, huh? did you catch his mom's name was martha no no i'm just joking
2: okay god <laughs> like, like, tell me no <laughs> But, I mean, for the most part, it was, I enjoyed the movie. I mean, it. it I, in my opinion, probably the best DC movie in this universe, you know, not including all the other movies. Like, in this little... The DC Extended Universe. universe. Yeah, I, I, I was the only one that I could sit through. I mean, the other ones, I sat through them, and I was just kind of, like, going through the motions, like, let's just get this over with. Um, I do feel that, you know, he got a, like you said, a mulling where he got to go back and fix shit. I don't believe this was the exact plot that he had in mind, because it felt like there was too many tools. Yeah,
0: that's totally agree. That's total bullshit. If you too think this is, tweets, like, literally... Man, there so many things where he's like, yeah. they
2: fucked up here. Marvel did right here, so I'm going to fall somewhere in the middle with now. I don't believe, because I'm sorry, $80 million for just some touch-ups to release my version? Yeah, nah, bullshit. man, they made a whole new fucking movie. They did. They made a whole new movie. He took the scenes he wanted from the original, and then reshot a bunch of bullshit, and just like tweaked it so that it was better. It, it, it was lighter than the other ones that he's done. It wasn't so dark. Um, They did tone down the God shit a little bit. Uh, to yeah, none else. of
0: that shit. But so, so I, I'll agree. I, I think that this is... This is probably the second best. I, I think Wonder Woman is still the best DC movie just because it's not four hours long. If we're going to call this a movie.
2: Oh, that's true. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, in terms of movies, this. Yes. It is not the best movie. Yeah, um,
0: because the runtime alone, I think. That's would, true, that's if true. If I had to go sit in a theater for four hours to get this story, I'd be like, bro, come on. So it's, it's, if it's, we're it's going to no compare. It's
2: Lawrence of Arabia, so.
0: Right, exactly. So I would still rewatch ability. I'd rather rewatch Wonder Woman than I would rewatch this thing. Like 100, like, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, th- totally. I'm definitely gonna rewatch this movie just because. Uh, if anything, I'm rewatching the Amazon scenes a 100. I fucking well, and, love. And like I scene.
0: said, I, I like everything Stephen then. Like yeah. so, so I like. Well, I will say this movie is not bad. The Snyder cut was not bad. Yeah. Um, but again, I, it's got a lot going for it. It's it's coming off a bomb. So you're 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 comparing it to that two hour sort of. Although we kind of you know we kind of liked it. Um, when you compare it to that, we were
3: compl- Like I said, I re-listened re- the podcast <laughs> and we were very complimentary of the first. Uh, like the, the theatrical yeah, cut I
0: I I liked it but you know I, I think it's got a lot going for it you know it's got built-in excuses like well he kind of had to patchwork this together he only had a limited budget to do reshoots uh Henry Cavill didn't have to have his mustache cgi would off you know it's got a lot of things you, you can make excuses for it because of what it is you know it gets an additional leeway on top of the fact that he gets a chance to also make amends he gets a bonus time to fix yeah. a lot of the mistakes it's got a lot it, like if it's so he's still four stuck, years would, to kind of tinker with it right it would have been a miracle if this thing still was horrible right it, like how would it still be horrible you get as unlimited time to tell your story four years to look at all the mistakes they made and correct
3: them 70 and million had, dollars and to fix a movie after it bomb dollars,
0: exactly, you get 70 million dollars and it's not even in a theater so people won't even complain they had to go to a movie theater to watch it and you still screw it up like that would be well, unfathomable and, and don't Just forget yeah, about
3: the up. wandavision bump either the fact that you win an entire year without any superhero hero cinema makes people thirstier for this. than they would have been otherwise. Right.
0: And you've had so people, you've so many people dig their heels in that. It's going to be good. There, You have so many people who are just never going to admit this thing. sucked, right. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, this was good before they even people already bought into the Snyder cut and said it, this was like better than anything Marvel ever produced before it was even released. Right. Like, so you had just tons going for it. And I, and I think, I think it was pretty good. Like I, I don't, I, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was better than Donna justice. Even the ultimate cut. Like I said, I, 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 I have to
3: say this too. You yeah. know, you guys saw, Dawn of Justice theatrically. And then we all got together. We watched the movie at my place. I unfortunately bought it because it wasn't available for rent. And so you guys were seeing it for a second time with a lot of new and essential information in your viewing. And I'm watching it thinking it's probably going to be terrible given the reputation it has, everything you guys said, listening to our podcast, your your two's podcast about it, the Theatrical Cut. I actually tried to watch The Theatrical Cut, but it's not available. I couldn't find it streaming anywhere. You could only get the yeah. Ultimate Edition. And the first time we watched it, I was engrossed by... Figuring out what all was going on and, and what was going on with the bullet and the terrorists and you know what how all these pieces were gonna to come together. And also, matter? this is the first time One Woman appears in a, a motion picture, a major motion picture, and so I'm getting off on that, and the little taste of what the justice league gonna be. And there's just a lot for me on my first viewing that made that movie interesting for me, and then you guys benefited from getting all this information that you needed to fully understand what the fuck you watched the first time. So I think we all came out of that viewing with a, a heightened favorable opinion as a result. Result of those those issues re-watching the movie this weekend especially like again what i did is i watched you know uh intermingled with one another the two cuts of justice league then i followed that with man of steel and then i did uh, dawn of justice and then because i didn't know if we were going to record today i was killing time i went and rewatched wonder woman as well since it's been long enough since i'd seen it that i kind of want to refresh her uh and also because fix it uh, made me promise that we were going to do a countdown of the dceu after the suicide squad came out so i wanted to make sure to get a sense of the rankings for the Snyder uh, movies before that happened because Snyder wrote part of the story for Wonder Woman so it's still kind of part of his universe Um, and I still have to go and watch the ones that I haven't seen yet and figure out how they are incorporated but having rewatched all these movies and understanding what all these movies mean to one another in context most of the times it's a second viewing of a sort all all the times a second viewing of a sort I have to say the dawn of justice is easily the worst that is a movie that I can promise you despite owning I will never watch that movie again because it's just bad it's, like we said, it's stupid and it's boring. And you don't realize how little Wonder Woman is there is in that movie until you've seen her in multiple other movies and how much more substantial a role is in those movies versus her little tidbit in that movie. I'll probably go watch the sequence where they fight Doomsday again or, you know, a few odds and sides moments. But I'm never going to watch that entire movie again because I have no reason to. It's not any damned good. So I just want to throw that out there. Like that's, I, I've been, usually when we do these podcasts, it's you guys hating the DC movie and I'm like the temperate one I don't love it I don't hate it I'm like right in the middle but at this point revisiting the movies I can honestly say that Batman versus Superman is among the worst of the, the superhero movies not like Superman Quest for Peace bad but in terms of like the modern era where we have higher expectations that movies should be it's going to be in that it, you know it, it was in competition with I think Thor the Dark World no it wasn't no I was wrong here um, but it's in that kind of place it's in a very Thor the Dark World Iron Man 3 place and there's no reason for me to ever revisit it because we we don't do a dc podcast to the degree we do the marvel ones okay
0: and, and, I, and I don't want to hurt your feelings but wonder woman 84 is solidly a worse movie than that but uh but it's bad it's definitely low and like i said i i put i still put Wonder Woman one i like so we can have a, here here's your olive branch. i still put wonder woman one over the snyder cut aquaman we got to rewatch that next to figure out i hated mm. that movie so much when we watched <laughs> i thought it was so hokey and goofy and the the fucking pitbull remix of africa and all mm-hmm. like it made me want to and uh amber Heard's bad wig which watching her in these two movies like where she just got her blonde hair and it looks normal instead of me staring at this horrible wig the whole time. Uh, I, I did not. I, I want to watch it again because what I call it the the Fish and the Furious or whatever. Like it was
3: <laughs> one of those movies. Not
0: wrong. Uh, and uh, so I got to figure out where that fits in. Um.
3: Well, like I said, I think that's gonna be a whole other episode. is Just ranking the DCEU and touching on the ones that we never covered previously, like Shazam and Birds of Prey. Uh, so like I, after I we both. after the Suicide Squad late this year, we'll I think we'll do a DC countdown.
0: Oh wait wait no 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 okay so I still think. In like one, 101 for the runtime, I think is still the worst. Suicide Squad is worse than Donna Justice. Um, no. we, we're
3: so this, but we're not doing that episode. Let's not go there. Yeah, let's oh, play on have, that. We can't. Can do we do that? Screw that. Can
0: we do the special guest now?
3: Not quite yet.
0: Okay, no. So, Frank, you tell us what you thought about the movie. I thought it was pretty good. Okay. I don't think. No, no. I will say, though, some people are like, this is better than any Avengers movie, blah, blah. No, you're out of your freaking
3: mind. You're, you're, well, uh, <laughs> he, I'm going to throw some red meat at you, though. Again, Paquita, Paquita watched the 2017 Justice League. I, I think she was in the theater with us when, when she saw it, and she liked it, too. But she very much preferred the Snyder cut, and she really enjoyed the novelistic quality of it. it the fact that because he's taking so much more time, it's got more of like that fantasy or vibe to it where you're going into the finer details and she's someone who really relishes all the little details. And there's so much exposition and so many, you know, a key moment, like for instance, is the resurrection of Superman where in the uh, 2017 cut, it's super fast where like, okay, yeah. we're going to resurrect Superman. Fl- Flash goes backwards. He runs fast. He touches the mother box. Superman is resurrected where in this version, there's all these complications. Like he wasn't supposed to run. It was, uh, he, he heard go when Cyborg said no because he had a vision of the nightmare uh, when he co- made contact with the ship. And there's all this stuff about how he's having to deal with the ship and the, the speed, like the, the whole turning back time thing, which isn't even a thing in the Justice League 2017 cut, where the, the uh, mother box and the picture and everything else fall into the water too soon. But because Flash is moving so fast, it reverses time and it comes back up again. And then he touches it. It's just a very different take. And she really appreciated how the jokes were at a minimum, how much more seriously the material was taken how much more explanation it gave and so she made a point she insisted that I mentioned that she believes the movie's better than in-game
2: whatever dude I'm tired of that shit yeah, we're, okay we're on. whatever dude I'll admit I'm sorry man yeah whatever dude. I
3: think that the highs of in-game are higher but as a movie it's probably better structured and there's a lot of stuff I hate in in-game too so I think as a movie the Snyder Cut comes to hold together better than in-game uh, just putting that out Yeah,
2: sure there. whatever okay
3: yeah.
0: next well it, yeah except that like the plot of Justice League when you think about it is them just trying to keep three boxes apart and they mm-hmm. stick three boxes together they almost like, like stephen ran- Steppenwolf randomly finds the the anti-life equation and they give you no real explanation of what the fucking anti-life equation is and now suddenly Dark Side wants to come to Earth and we're all trying to out why is not he just fucking come yeah. why doesn't he just come
3: God, why would, have would he come? have gotten beaten in, uh, in, in the time age of heroes the time of the old gods and he misplaces the address and doesn't show up for thousands of years that n- that's extremely stupid
0: that's what i'm saying like that's why i'm, I'm not ready to put this up against any marvel <laughs> movie i'm saying in the context of the dc universe i'm like this was not nearly as bad as i thought this was pretty good yeah the bare bones of this story is super fucking dumb mm-hmm. uh and 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 if we're dealing with these um om- again dark side got his ass kicked by these dudes yet uh, uh steppenwolf is whipping everybody's ass like this mm-hmm. doesn't even, it doesn't even make any sense in its own context mm-hmm. but again my, my expectations were so low i was forgiving a lot of that stuff and there was a lot of thoughtful uh storytelling put into it and i'm like oh they couldn't have done this in the movie theater i'm kind of i'm, I'm appreciating that you know ma kent gets to come and she's having to sell the house and she gets to talk to uh uh you know lois about it oh, oh, oh wait, 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 wait. Uh, yeah i know and then it turned out not to be and that kind of pissed me off but so so what did you think about uh wonder woman decapitating steppenwolf and sending his decapitated head into apocalypse fucking awesome
3: i did not appreciate it Pequita liked that <laughs> yes, i didn't appreciate it
0: i loved it dude she was awesome I dude I,
2: this, is it in-game cool? Not even close, but thank God they had the balls to do something like that.
3: Well, it is better than the uh, the parademon smelling fear and dragging in through a portal, you know? Yes. I'll give you that. But I, I think that, the, again, that's a perfect example of why Snyder shouldn't be doing these characters. That, you know, you have the multi... You get the, the, the combo, the team mode combo, where one of them's, you know, uh, burning off his horn, and another one's chopping off his head, another one's throwing him through the portal, and then Darkseid steps on the decapitated head. It's like... This isn't the Justice League. This is not Rituitous. what else my Justice League. Yeah,
0: it's the gratuitous. I tell you, it's the gratuitous, gratuitous League. Yes, he can't just let. Yeah, it's the, the gratuitous game. League. Thank you. We should call this podcast the Gratuitous League. That's what it is. He can't just let them defeat Steppenwolf. She's got to decapitate him. Which I don't know if that was a go for the head kind of a thing. You know, like oh, you were, absolutely. Like, dude. They, they're uh, still I, ripping off Endgame over and over. It, but you know, it's like they, they gotta go. She's got to chop his. They can't just defeat him and send him grovel as a failure to, to to Darkseid, which actually would have been a little more compelling that he failed again. Instead of them being like, I told you he'd fail again. You were right. It, it, they could have actually had him. You could show how badass Darkseid is. Like, he's the one who kills Steppenwolf. You're like, holy shit, these guys can what barely is, touch I, What is what is, What is Zeta Beams or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, the Omega Beam or whatever. Yeah, you could have Beacon. shown that off. Instead, she fucking decapitates him, <laughs> and his head <laughs> goes spiraling through the. Like, I don't know, dude. It's just. But well, again, and also, like, it's
3: Superman. And you say what you want to about the, you know, Amazonian way and such. The fact that Superman uh, uh, disfigures him, that co- oh, cuts yeah, off one sure. of his horns, which we they made a point of showing is an organic part of his body. He's bleeding. It's not even yeah. a horn like uh, Hellboy's. It's part of his body that just happened to be. Shaped like a horn, and it's Superman using his heat vision to do that. Egregious! Oh, look they- at
2: when he's punching him on the ground, mm-hmm. and it's and it's not like I'm trying to stop you. It's like he's trying to beat him through the ground.
3: He's just yeah. wailing on him.
0: You know what? And, and I'll say that too. Throughout all these movies, I really don't like Superman's heat vision. Mm. It's way too over the top and violent. The veininess
3: like, of his eyes. Like and the stuff. veins. Mm-hmm.
0: The, the veins come out of his eyes on his face when he shoots it. Like almost like it's paining him. Like or, or like it hurts him to fire. It and then it, it, it almost doesn't seem like he can really control it all that much. It's almost like Cyclops when he gets his visor knocked off. Yeah. Like he's just, just melting and there, he's cutting people in half with it in, in Batman's flashback or flash forward. We don't know his mm-hmm. nightmare. And and he's slagging those Humvees and shit like that. Like, I don't like that, dude. To me, that's, that's, I don't know. I know I sound like a total puss here, dude. And I apologize to our listeners if you feel that way. It, it's just, it, we know somebody who can shoot freaking beams as hot as the sun out of his eyes at human beings and metal it should do something really violent but can we just come back on it a little bit like where he's not like and with veins coming out of his eyes and then he's just blowing things apart I don't know I just I don't care for it dude well, I, I, I don't know people are probably laughing at me right now but I just yeah. I don't like it
3: but also in the Snyder Cut you, he, Superman shows up really close to the end and Steppenwolf is about to chop Cyborg while he's trying to separate the bo- the Tesseract you know and uh, he, the axe hits Superman chest and does nothing that he blows cold breath on it and smashes it so immediately his primary weapon is out and then superman alone is pretty much taking steppenwolf it, and there's no real back and forth on that it's clear that superman with uh, within a few moments could take this guy all by himself. and the rest of the justice league is just pointless you know why are you guys around so that's something that they did much better in the 2017 cut where uh, cyborg is actually ripped to pieces by steppenwolf he rips his legs off he chops his, like his arm off or partially chops his arm off and when man does show up, it's much more of a competition. He does eventually pull the same move where he freezes the axe and smashes it, but it's literally right before he's going to get dragged through the portal by the Parademons. So the final boss fight is better in that sequence, but I do have to say something in Snyder's favor. As rickety as this movie could be at times, as, as overwrought, overlong, I have to say that the closing action sequence, again, very much like Man of Steel, they lay out a plan, they execute the plan, it makes the Justice League look way more professional way smarter way better strategy it's a much better scenario a much more interesting scenario uh they they do it so much uh, more effectively it's shot so much better the stuff in the weed and cut the, the majority of the changes are in that final sequence to shorten it up because it is a rather long action sequence it's a good like half hour or so so if you only have a two hour time frame you're gonna have to chop that up and it, it, the the worst elements of the weed and cut is the action sequence at the end because it is just so cl- plainly choppy um yeah i would say that like Literally, the the, Russian family, yeah. The 27 cut is like brutalist editing, and I don't mean that in the sense of it being brutal. I mean like the actual buildings. It's like these these squares and rectangles that are being set to the side of and on top of one another. There's no time for segues. There's no time for cinema. It's purely perfunctory, ugly, and and blocky. How the the 2017 movie plays out. I watching that sequence as directed by Snyder, even though there's a lot of fetishistic stuff, like you fire a, a a cannon and you're seeing the shell roll backwards behind the Batmobile and stuff like that, it, it, it gets a little tedious and it is very snidery But overall, it's so effectively done and everybody has a role to play and the, all the moving pieces kind of make sense for what they're trying to do. Uh, it's so much more effective as a, as a protracted action sequence than what, what we saw in 2017 and what we see in most superhero moves, in fact. I feel like most of what happens in that needed to happen. The one exception being that the, they just get rid of the Flash by making him run around in a circle. And then Paquita made a point of pointing out there's no way you could possibly shoot this guy who's moving at the speed of light with your stupid fucking energy cannon um, and that's entirely true They, a lot of people have talked about how this was such a great showcase for The Flash so much better than a 2017 edit but I, besides the point of you know him moving time I, that was ridiculous and they do sideline him in a way that other people don't get sidelined and I, I do miss the, the, the compared contrast where he saves a truck full of Russians and Superman's flying the fucking apartment building and shit those were good things that were added and I think that again Whedon deserves more credit than he's gotten because he changes so little between the two movies it's really about just this this ridiculous running time and especially the title sequence in the 2017 edit is not by Zack Snyder and I never would have thought that because it reminds me so much of uh, particularly Watchmen's opening with the the times they are changing they have the uh, cover of Everybody Knows by Leonard Cohen so it's a Cohen song it's a female voice uh, singing that song in a slower, more morose manner with, you know, a little bit of techno action going on with it. It's super depressing and fucked up. I would have never thought that that was Joss Whedon. And if Joss Whedon is trying to make his stamp the movie, like a lot of people think that it was all about his ego for him to put his stuff in the movie, then he would have never filmed that title sequence because he was Snydering as best as he could Snyder. And that does not detract in any way from the toxic workplace that he apparently created or any of his other problems, which we may or may not discuss. We're running a little long, but I think given the subject matter it makes sense we would be I, I, going after whedon as a, because you think that he hurt snyder's vision is just not fair because I, he could clearly did his very best to do what he would have anticipated snyder would have done
0: can i just add that during that sequence as soon as the flash started going back in time our power went out <laughs> it was so weird dude as soon as he started running and the ground started reforming we had like a flash power outage and everything turned off and we had to wait for our, our wi-fi and stuff to boot back up to start watching it again it was really bizarre timing so it, it was, like, 4D. It was crazy. Or 5D. I don't even know how you would describe it, but anyway. Um, no, I, I thought the final sequence was 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 good. Um, yeah, totally. Like, But, I mean, you knew when they kept, can I come yet? Can I go yet? I'm still running around in circles. And they kept sh- focusing on that and shooting at him. You knew that eventually something was going to happen. And, yeah, I got a little tired of the flash tripping and falling. Like, it just seemed to happen all the time. Although I did like how he, how he was like, just got the wind knocked out of me. And the dude had, like, a huge hole in the side of his uh, thing, and he was going to Back up and try and save everybody anyway. I, I liked that. I thought, they knew, I thought it was fine. I thought it was good.
3: So I have to address Superman. And I, again, Superman is a endemic of my problems with Snyder handling these characters. I really enjoyed uh, some of the, the inset stuff that Whedon do, does in his version, uh, particularly when he gets his hands on Batman and he asks him the same question that Batman asked in Dawn of Justice. Tell me, do you bleed? I love how much they ratchet up the tension during that sequence. But at the end of the day, Superman shows up in the red and blue like he's to. And you have the fun moments where he's helping Cyborg to break up the boxes and they're palling around and stuff. It is a problem with the CGI mouth. It, I, I recognize that. But that's not that's the circumstance. That's not anybody's fault, really, except for the, the people who were responsible for doing that CGI. That Snyder would have Superman walking through this hall of armors and then show up at the very end in a black and silver armor as, his, as the end of his three movie arc. This is the true Superman black and silver Superman who's more hardcore and is going to fry people's horns off and stuff. That's exactly why Snyder should have never had the reins to Superman in the first place, nor the Justice League. Just the the image alone, especially at the end when you see the entire Justice League and Superman standing there in the middle in black and silver. It looks terrible. He's right next to Batman 2. There should be a contrast between those two characters. Batman's the guy who's all in black and the one who's really dark and Superman's in the bright colors and he's really light. And if you don't understand that that contrast is essential to that universe and essential to the individual characters, you don't have any business handling these characters
0: yeah and again like, like i told you guys via text if you just walk into this knowing that superman's a piece of shit in all these movies and he doesn't act like superman you're probably gonna enjoy it a lot more and in fact i, I got tangled i got tangled up in a twitter argument you guys uh that somebody posted a it was a picture of you know how it started and it was like uh henry cavill superman it's like how it's go how 2020's going or whatever and it was homelander right mm,
1: yeah.
0: and somebody was like uh actually henry cavill superman is not that far off a of homelander in the Snyder movies, and this dude got roasted. And I was like, No, nah, I mean, if you want to do a body count total, Superman's probably pretty close to Homelander in these movies. He's, he's, and he gets really brutal. Like, he's brutal in these movies in a way that Superman just shouldn't be. And that's like, like you were saying, just a lot of these characters, he should be doing a Netflix show. He should be writing for the boys. He should be directing the boys. He should be doing, uh, what's, what's the one Netflix is doing? Jupiter or something? Oh, Jupiter? El- yeah. Do an Elseworld, dude. Like, you don't have to take these characters and do this you know what i mean like, like or just, just
3: give him no Batman reason. he Batman. i, I just, wouldn't want that dark of a Batman right. but at least that's appropriate for Batman more so than it is the other heroes just go make Batman movies dude if that's all you want to do just go do
0: it and leave these other characters alone so people can make a flash movie they've been waiting for all these years and look, i know a lot of aquaman people like the aquaman movie but that ain't aquaman you know what i'm saying like these ain't these aren't these characters like these could easily just be an amazon prime version of the of the, the what did we call it a second ago? The, uh, the Gratuitous the League. The, the Gratuitous League. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, ha ha ha. It's, oh, that's supposed to be Superman, but he's like, you know, it, it, that's what it is. None of these characters are actual characters. But, like I said, in spite of that, buying into this universe, I, I, this was it was pretty good. I don't think it was that bad.
1: Part three. Hashtag I stand on Ray Fisher. Or, aren't all workplaces toxic when you get down to it?
3: so now let, maybe we can get to some of the hot button stuff too let's talk about Cyborg uh, obviously there's been a lot of allegations leveled at Joss Whedon uh, I, I, I believe pretty much all of it I believe you know his, his ex-wife came out a few years ago and said that he, for feminists he sure liked uh, committing adultery uh, a bunch of actresses have come out since Ray Fisher made his accusations who aren't covered by NBAs talking about how you know he, he shit-canned Charisma Carpenter off of Angel because she got pregnant it and was making fun of her weight gain and shit super fucking shitty shit to do uh, there's a bunch of other characters uh, character actresses from Whedon Productions uh, that were treated poorly and support his uh, accusa- the, the accusations in particular uh, the star of Buffy the Vampire Slayer Sarah Michelle Gellar came out and said she was in support of the women and she didn't want to spend the rest of her career having her name associated with Joss Whedon's uh, in particular one a former writer on one of the shows uh Uh, described Whedon as casually cruel and I totally get that because you can see in his work his work is casually cruel the the way he treats characters part of what built his fame is his willingness to just take out a beloved character without any notice shocking the audience and putting an actor out of work and so there's a lot of reason to be angry at him it'd be one thing it was just Charisma Carpenter who I don't think was ever really you know like the greatest actress anyway but when you got the star Buffy Summers coming out against him there was clearly a problem there and I do think there's a general generational divide you know joss whedon's a gen xer Uh, something i've tried to deal with in my own self is that gen xers were raised to be casually cruel sarcastic and you know we're we're like the walking wounded and we have gallows humor and we have all this stuff that's in us that's toxic and i think whedon is probably an exemplar of that and unlike the rest of us he probably doesn't have as much exposure to the changing times we've definitely seen this a lot where you've got people who have their gilded cages and they're not aware that the the times are a changing and you can't get away with this type of stuff Anymore. Whereas Zack Snyder is a guy who his ideology, which comes through in the way he his characters act and is, uh, I think, ide- uh, diametrically opposed to most of the DC heroes, he seems like a really nice guy. He seems like he's a real professional and all of the actors really enjoy working with him and are, you know, are laudatory so when you have Joss Whedon come into the project we're what, what, honest the circumstances and uh, there's going to be some uh, issues you know because they love the person they were working with they love the movie that they signed on to do and then you have some other guy come in and tell them we're going to do something different and there's something wrong with what they've been doing and in the particular case of Ray Fisher who's getting a ton of screen time cut off between the two movies you know he's clearly the, the primary sacrificial lamb between the two movies in terms of screen time I think that it's important that we have more uh, action on people who are doing bad things and that we take we stop a lot of the horrible practices that continue to happen to Hollywood for years and years the Hollywood model and the casting couch and all the other shit uh, people shouldn't have to put up with working conditions uh, that they do certainly there's a huge amount of leverage people who often don't have any other discernible skills who are trying to just be performers trying to be actors on a a world stage and the things they're willing to do or, or forced to do in order to have that opportunity it's a really fucked up dynamic and so I don't want to diminish that in any way but I also have to say that Ray Fisher's only done like one other thing besides Justice League and all the shit that they've said Joss Whedon has done I think a lot of it is still about being mad about the Snyder Cut and being uh, like a fan base being activated against him and an actor being upset with screen time getting cut and I'm not sure that the things that Joss Whedon has been accused of are enough for him to be cancelled entirely he's going to need to go away for a while he's going to need to do some fucking therapy and, and work on himself but he hasn't crossed that line where I think He's irredeemable, and I do wonder how much of this is sensitivity and sour grapes. So it's weird because Michael Wagner was talking about listening to our HBO Max podcast and feeling like you know Fixit was crossing lines in his uh, favoring Joss Whedon over Ray Fisher, uh, and it was funny that he mentioned that because I'm finding myself pulled more toward Mister Fixit as more things come out because I, well, Joss Whedon definitely deserves a reckoning. The fact is he created he, he, you can you can you can say that he's cruel to women that he had there was misogyny there and I think that's true and again I think part of that comes down to the generational divide but the fact is he also created shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and yeah it's a cliche now the strong female character that acts too much like a guy and not enough like a woman but giving opportunities for those women and those actresses to be on a screen in the 90s was a very rare thing most of his shows have had a lot of inclusion there's there's, with the exception of Buffy there's a lot of characters of color on his shows and as time progressed more and more of those characters were added in, in with great and greater visibility. Um, it's easier to turn on the person who created the opportunities that people take for granted now and I think that he did a lot of good in his day. That doesn't mean that he is absolved from things he's doing wrong today but I think it's worth remembering. While watching these Snyder movies, particularly Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice, it's really noticeable the lack of representation in those movies. So it's very weird to me that so many racist accusations have been leveled at Joss Whedon over who he cut from his version of a Four hour long movie down to a two hour long movie and especially when you look at for instance Kiersey Clemons uh, who is playing Iris West she's in one scene she has no dialogue the scene in no way advances the narrative no shit she got cut Henry Lennox he was the general character who appeared in two previous Zack Snyder movies that was an instance of Snyder having representation but this is still an extremely minor character in his movies and a character that he himself cut out of the theatrical cut of Dawn of Justice so I don't know that that's racism you take Zing Kai, who is the uh, Ryan Choi in the movie. That character does nothing. He talks a, a little bit. He gets a fair few lines. He contributes in no way to the forward progression of the movie. So, of course, he's going to get cut. Joe Morton, he also has a lot of stuff cut. Joe Morton is a brilliant actor. I love Joe Morton. Yeah, I love Joe Morton. He's so great. And he's so great in this movie. But here's the problem I have. DC decided that they wanted to make Cyborg an icon. They recognized that they did not have enough representation in their universe, especially in the key roles like the JLA. And so in 2011, when they did a new 52, they decided to retcon the presence of Martian Manhunter as a founding member of that team and insert Cyborg. And they're doing the same thing with the movies. hes he, They want to say that Cyborg is an icon, and they want to put him on the same tier as he does the heroes. And one of the things that helps with that is showing how powerful he is. Like, you guys are complaining, they're all gods, even Cyborg. And they make him do stuff that he can't do in the comic books, like fly and stuff, which is something I really don't like. Turns him into Iron Man. Right, essentially. It makes him very derivative, and it, it, it takes away from his visual language from the comics. But here's the problem. If you're going to try to do a Cyborg movie, which was the plan... You look at all these other heroes. Superman has thousands of comics to draw from. Wonder Woman has thousands of comics to draw from. The least successful of the iconic heroes in the Justice League is Aquaman. He still has at least hundreds of comics if not thousands to draw from. There have been 42 Cyborg comics published by DC with Cyborg's name in the title. That's across two ongoing series that were basically one continuous series plus a six issue miniseries. Cyborg essentially has three stories. He has his origin, he has the story where he gains humanity above where he's at as Cyborg, and he has stories where he loses humanity usually through like trauma, brain trauma, or you know, issues with his limbs and stuff or he loses more parts of his body. If you put Cyborg's origin into the Justice League movie, you've taken a third of his stories away from him and he doesn't have that much material to draw from. I think you're doing Cyborg a disservice by going deep into his origins in Justice League so I have issues with them not cutting scenes of Ray Fisher because his origins don't necessarily advance the greater story and you're depriving the Cyborg movie of stuff. Now I also will understand that you want to have a thing that actually exists. If they've already filmed the Cyborg material and they've given this guy an important role then you definitely wanted to see that on the screen as soon as possible because there may not be a Cyborg movie and you want as much of that to hit the screen as you can. Uh, you don't want it to just be deleted scenes but the fact is when we watched the Justice League in 2017 we all thought that Cyborg was one of the highlights of that movie we all liked him they didn't go as deep into his origins, so I don't think it's fair to say that cutting uh, scenes with Joe Morton particularly one very key scene the fact that Joe Morton dies the same way as Pa Kent in this fucking movie for no particularly good Reason he locks himself in a box, which he then uh, superheats with lasers, and then he crumbles into a, a meat a mound uh, similar to uh, the the uh, cube and the first Resident Evil movie, or several of the Resident Evil movies actually. There is no reason to kill Joe Morton's character because, while I've said the big stories for Cyborg. One of his two major subplots is his daddy issues. The fact that he 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 was injured in this uh, accident and that his dad rebuilt him and he was an athlete and he didn't want to come back that way. He resents his dad. His dad was never present in his life and his dad's still trying to control him once he becomes cyborg. And there's all this tension between the two of them. That would be very important to have in a cyborg movie. And you can't do that if you killed his dad in the Justice League movie. So it isn't necessarily about racism. And there's still a hell of a lot of Joe Morton in the theatrical cut. And I want to see the Cyborg movie if they make it with Joe Morton not without him since he would be one of the best things in the fucking movie. Another issue I have is that Ray Fisher didn't Wait, 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 wait can, okay. can I add on to that Sure, please quick? do.
0: Just, like, like, for instance, when they break into Star Labs around the uh, Superman uh, alien craft you know cyborg gives the microbe level five alert to evacuate everybody and he's left there and can either and he's calling in saying it's a false alarm and he sees his son and has the opportunity to say no it's not a false alarm and to get everybody out or say or say no it's not a false alarm the whole place is in you know uh uh, infiltrated with microbes and i have to shut my work down because he's obviously like married to the work Mm -hmm. right which is why he was so adamant that nobody should leave don't leave this is a false alarm there's no way that you know what I mean, he's like adamant that it can't be a false alarm. If he would have like seen his son, but i'm like, no, I, I'm not gonna let you ruin my work, and like, you know, he almost sold, like, didn't cancel the red alert to get everybody, or didn't cancel, cancel the red alert, cancel, can't, whatever. You know what I mean? If he got everybody back in the room and suddenly they were in some time crunch to do this real quick before everybody showed back up to create, to keep the animosity going, then now this dude is married to his science at Star Labs, and now he, his son is gonna be operating as like a superhero in face of everything he told him not to do. Um, I think that would have been like an interesting wrinkle. Instead, he's like thumbs up, son. I got your back. And then he then he kills himself t- t- for like a heat signature or whatever. And I'm just like, okay, well, I'm like, well,
3: that's done. Scratch that. Yeah. Off. And in the 2017 that- cut, all they did was go like, hey, these three boxes are going to make a lot of energy. uh We could probably find it that way. <laughs> so it completely invalidates the need to kill this character off uh it, with a single line of dialogue in the 2017 cut. Yeah, it just didn't
0: seem that It didn't. We were like puzzled when he killed himself. We were like, why did he die? And they were like, didn't he say he heated it up to the, you know, well then what did he? Have to stay in there they mm-hmm. had to stand in there while it did it like that doesn't make any sense so what did he kill him? it's just to kill the character like yeah. you just wanted to kill
3: him and, and so, again I, why are you going to take this guy and kill him the same way you killed pa kent it, it, which was also not from the comic books and it just shows this weird hang up that snyder has you know why do you keep doing that
0: yeah that's weird. i, I didn't actually think about it in that context is that, that well not only did it not make sense to kill the character because he just did it to do it he just killed himself to kill himself um but that, that he didn't that you're really robbing a main character because the mother's already dead. Mm-hmm. Right, it's like he killed Aunt May in in, in an Amer- in an Avengers movie, mm-hmm. right? It's like, well, you know, we're trying to make Spider-Man movies too. We could really use Aunt May, and it's like, no, now the dude's whole family's gone. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it, it's over. Well, I guess we're not getting any cyborg movies now, or if we are, you're losing a really comparing, uh, compelling, uh, uh, supporting character that's already been set up, right? Yeah,
3: yeah you don't you're don't you're taking a, a valuable resource away from the cyborg movie by doing that. And I
0: totally, I, I already thought his death was not necessary, but now that we're putting it in the context of their possibly being a cyborg movie ever, Mm -hmm. it's even worse. And I hadn't thought about it. And
3: not just that, but the uh, the major source of tension besides absenteeism between uh, Silas and Victor Stone is that Silas and his wife are both brilliant scientists. And they are trying their best to better humanity. But also, while it's not necessarily a major part of the text, but it's definitely in the subtext, they're trying to show that black people are more than just athletes, entertainers, and shit. And then their son decides he wants to be a quarterback. And Silas he's completely rejecting that he hates that his son goes off and becomes an athlete and is not using his god-given intellect um plus by being a quarterback and by the through the tension between father and son victor does fall in with kind of a bad crowd and he go, he's going to parties he's not supposed to he's hanging out with people he's not supposed to and so there's this real dissatisfaction from silas toward his son so when you see that sequence in the movie where silas like oh great victor's finally coming out of the apartment and he's working toward the betterment of mankind and also work again working for the better of black people because he's the black guy in the Justice League. He's the one that's on a par with these other guys. So Silas is seeing his son become the person he always wanted him to be, but you don't know that because that's not in the movie and it probably wouldn't be in the Cyborg movie either because he's already gone through the origin. You're probably just going to move forward with that or have it to be a team-up movie like they ended up doing where he was going to be in the Flash movie instead. So you're really robbing something there. Another thing that kills me is that a lot of people talk about, oh, it's so heartbreaking. Cyborg's the heart of the movie. The origin is given short shrift and it's incorrect... I, I I was expecting a lot more and a lot more meaningful sequences. Him just running around on the football field with a really cheesy looking snow that I don't buy doesn't do it for me. Him creating a hologram where he reveals that the Tesseract came out of World War II Germany just like the Tesseract in the Marvel movies does not do anybody any favors. Um, the way his mother dies in the car accident it was not as bad as I thought because it, as described him and his mother were having an argument and as a result of that argument they bo- that she dies. In the movie it's much more clear that he's essentially blameless in that but his comic origin story is like a great first act for a movie and involves aliens and acid and, and star labs and all this shit that would be very cinematic much more so than just the umpteenth uh, car hitting another car in a movie you know but there's another really important thing to factor in um, another person that Ray Fisher leveled accusation of racism to was Jeff Johns the comic book writer and there's a lot of people that are uh, you know turning against Johns and I think there is a valid argument to have that Johns whether in or not, does, supported white supremacy in DC canon because he's the guy. Holy shit! <laughs> sorry, he's Jesus the guy who Christ. brought back Hal Jordan, where you had a, part, a half Mexican uh, Green Lantern preceding him, Kyle Rayner, where you had an African American Green Lantern who could succeed him, like John Stewart, who was already more famous from the cartoons anyway. Um, you, uh, he, while he wasn't directly involved, with that he he's done a, with the exception of like Mister Terrific in the JSA, who compared to Green wait, wait, Lantern wait, wait. is much more can, minor can character. Can we just?
0: Can, can I? I'd just say, I yeah. think saying that Jeff John supported white supremacy in the DC universe, and then you're describing that scenario. I don't think he's described I don't think he's supporting white supremacy. Can we phrase that well, a little no, differently?
3: Well, like, it's not okay. Well, let me put it to this way: it's not. I, and I said personally, it wasn't intentional necessarily. But that's this is one. This is getting a whole thing with racism. There's uh, the, the, whenever somebody's called a racist, particularly the really obvious racist, that's always about. Well, I don't have racism in my heart. I don't burn crosses, and I don't wear a pointy hat. You know, I'm not a racist. Racism isn't necessarily defined by what's in your heart. Where racism matters is when you prop up white supremacist structures and when you uh, create a, a system that disempowers people of color. And if you want to say Jeff Johns treated that by the changes that were made at DC, but under him and Dan Didio, I think that argument can be made. But I'm getting to a point. Trusting the problem with okay. yeah, the problem with Ray Fisher leveling those accusations is he wouldn't have a fucking job without Jeff Johns because it was Jeff Johns who took Cyborg from a, he was at a point where he was a liquid metal gold guy and he was just some guy who was with the Titans. He he was he, his star had fallen greatly. Okay, Johns is the one who brought him back and made him more of like the iconic cyborg he got him in the flash comics and made him a recurring their character there then he got him into uh, a new version of the teen titans where he's a mentor character um, but most importantly he's the one who put him into the justice league in the first place in the new 52 he's the one who helped kept building up the cyborg character in his own comics through his own work and then he's the one who decided that cyborg is now going to be a founding member of the justice league and that's why ray fisher had a fucking job in the first place one of the things that ray fisher was saying was a shine of his racism when he was talking 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 about how John's had this obsession with with penis and whether or not Cyborg had a penis and he was like why is this white man telling me a black man why it's important for a black man to have a D okay well the problem is one of the things they were doing to try to prop up Cyborg and make him on a par with the Justice League is they decided to launch him in his own solo series for the first time ever they wanted it to have a a true verisimilitude so they made sure to get a critically acclaimed black writer David F. Walker to write the book and then they got their top R the number one guy, Ivan Race, to do the first story arc. So they put everything they could into helping to launch this guy and give him a big launch. And one of the problems that Walker had was he, he, when Jeff Johns was amping up Cyborg. Because one of the things he did was rather than the alien uh, origin from the old 80s comics, what he did is he had Cyborg get bisected by a boom tube. And that, he's the one who brought in the stuff where rather than it being Silas Stone alone, who comes up with all the cybernetic parts to save his son, he has to rely upon the mother box to do that. And his lower half is still gone, though. So he literally is emasculated. He doesn't have his bottom half. One of the things they specifically filmed for the 2017... Justice League was showing that Cyborg was not bisected as he'd been shown in Dawn of Justice. That he still had his manhood. And a black writer who was helping to launch the first Cyborg series ever had expressed his issues with the lack of a penis on Cyborg. And most probably Jeff Johns is recognizing that because it became a flashpoint. Like, there were articles about it because he had mentioned it at a convention and there were think pieces and there was another black uh, writer who was set, making the argument that a man isn't defined by whether or not he has a penis and all this kind of Stuff it became this big thing for a very short period of time, and Jeff Johns would have had been aware of that in part because he's the guy who bisected Cyborg in the first place. And when a black writer, a critically acclaimed writer, the guy who wrote the Cyborg series, told him that Cyborg needed his penis back, Jeff Johns took that to heart, and he made sure that happened in the movies after Snyder had bisected him. That became this big racist thing, and all of these people were talking about Jeff Johns talking about a black man's penis and shit, and it's all a misunderstanding. But I don't see anybody in the media figuring this out and showing the timeline and recognizing Johns was trying to do good. Okay, he was. Trying do something good. Now, that doesn't mean he didn't do other racist shit, but be- between the NDAs and, and it's not having receipts, and in this particular instance, knowing that this was a misunderstanding and, and probably like mis- things were misspoken, to say, that guy's a racist and he needs to be gone, and John Berg's a racist and he needs to be gone, and the fact that Ray Fisher took it all the way up to Walter Hamada, he's trying to get an Asian man fired from his job. Um, Not only is it extremely foolish, because the guy's never going to work again as a result of that, but I question, despite the fact there are racist systems especially in Hollywood I don't know that some of what he's doing isn't not just harming him but kind of harming the cause because he's maybe going after people who don't deserve to be got after there are worse people out there so I don't know if this is going to be like a Stuart Smalley situation where people that are not the worst offenders are the ones who take the most heat and and have to take the fall I do approve of making changes in the system I do think that we obviously we have to make changes and I'm I'm in favor of people fighting for that but as with Mr. Fixit I have to question whether the guy who only ever did uh, some episodes of True Detective after Justice League was really like this self-sacrificing hero of the cause and I do have to wonder about the people that he's specifically going after and how much of that is politically motivated how much of that is going along with the narrative because the fact is one of the best ways Ray Fisher's going to get to work again is if they they get Snyder back in the game and that's going to be his biggest cheerleader if he wants to continue in a career with a high-profile role like Cyborg. Uh,
0: That was a lot Um, uh, but I, I think that's interesting. I, I didn't hear hear about the stuff about jeff johns um but i i will say that like obviously ray fisher's just pissed because his shit got cut out right like is this not obvious that he that he, he got a much smaller role in the movie and he's pissed about it right yeah, because and he, i and feel did, like,
3: like he... you got a uh, kyle drogo going off and making a billion dollars on aquaman and he's like gonna guest star in a flash movie and then that crumbles away as well i'd be pissed too
0: yeah and and, and let, let's be real how much interaction did joss whedon have with any of these people like really like, like, did did, jo, did how much time did Josh Whedon spend on the set with Ray Fisher? Any?
3: Yeah.
0: Like, I mean, like I mean. any at all? Did, was he there for it? How much of this was just, like, CGI reshoots? You know mm. what I mean? Like, like, I really seriously doubt how much time these people ever actually interact. So I really think that it's, like, something personal. Uh, or, you know what I mean? I, 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 I'm with you. I think that's kind of a stretch. I think it's just somebody who got their feelings hurt. And then he stoked the fires of the Snyder Cut happening because he knew in the Snyder Cut he had a bigger role. Like, I don't know. This seems like kind of obvious to me. Uh, So yeah, Joss Whedon may be a piece of shit, but uh, let's... Talk about him being a piece of shit for the stuff he's like legitimately be a piece of shit for, as opposed to somebody who was just like – like we said, he was sort of thrown into the Snyder cut or, or the non-Snyder cut, the, the Justice cut. And they said, you got to make this thing two hours and it would be fucking funny and I want you to bump all the colors up, uh, three exposures. And he's all like – and they're like, you got – and look, uh, Superman's got a mustache now. Figure out your way around that. And he's like, uh, OK. And he kind of had to do what he had to do. Like let's <laughs> – I, I think that there's some – it's not as simple as it's we're making it out to be. So I will agree with you there on that. And Mr. Fix already gave his uh, two cents in another podcast.
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, do you have any, uh, the, the various things I talked about, do you have any views on that? Or do you think you've already, like, us basically standing with Mr. Fix, it isn't for you? <laughs>
2: No, that's good enough for me.
3: Okay, uh, so I guess. I, mean, you I talk do about feel this... a
2: little. I do feel a little bad that I did defend Josh Whedon as much. I do agree that he's probably done some fucked up shit and should definitely pay for it. I don't think he'll get canceled. I don't believe. I don't believe in the canceled culture bullshit. Mm-hmm. I, well, they, still like, no, money, yeah. they still make Matt money. Max
3: Landis did way worse shit, and he's writing movies again. You know. So. I, I, I know, know, about? This?
2: I mean, fucking Louis Louis C. C- uh, K. Was still doing comedy shows. They still make money. There's no such. I always hate where they're like, oh, they're trying to cancel. No, you're. They're. Kicking your ass, they're making you accountable for some, and you're gonna notice a little bit in your financial, you know, your monetary stream a little bit, but you're still always gonna, there's always someone out there that's gonna back you and believe in what you say and gonna give you money anyway. So he's gonna take a beating for it. Dude's a dick, you should probably learn from it. I did hear more bad stuff. I still do, th- I still think Ray Fisher was just not the one to fall on the sword for it. Like, I get it, he got the train started and, and it was his issues with it, but I think his was more issues. Like, they cut me out of the movie, like 90% of the movie when I was promised more um and i still i mean i mean dude you're an actor i mean come fucking dig a ditch in the sewer with me one day and let's see how you like that i mean i just it, it's hard for me to feel someone was mean to me and they they you know i just okay dude like you know i mean we all have shitty jobs sometimes and you know you have to now if you're being like uh the female actress from angel where like he's targeting her no that shit's unacceptable yeah that was fucked up that's not a, that's not up. yeah you can have a you can have an environment where it's tense and it's very time-driven and we can't put up with your bullshit right now your little diva Bullshit. I get that, but if you're targeting actors because you don't like them or you just want to pit them against each other, which I've heard he did, yeah, that's fucked up. Like that's on you. That's not on them. You shouldn't do that shit. So you should get punished for that. Um, I just think you know he was pissed that he didn't get more airtime. He got it more this time. Um, do I want to see a, a fucking cyborg movie now? No, nah, I just did. The, they did his whole fucking his whole origins in this movie. I I don't need one now. Don't care. You know unless they want to talk about the mother box that created him because apparently that mother box felt fear and somewhat they're all sent, sentient somehow. They like they feel things and can feel each other. So, But besides that, can we get to the special guest now?
3: <laughs> yeah, let's talk no, about no, the stingers.
0: What, 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 can I just say on Joss Whedon though? That <laughs> I know, I know, I know. He brought it up, not me. I didn't want to talk about Joss Whedon in this podcast, but can I just say that like Joss Whedon, one of the reasons why he's kind of being cancelled is because when was the last time Joss Whedon did anything worth a damn? Like,
2: uh, oh, it like, hurts me, dude, because I love Firefly. Right, it but, but,
0: me. But, but Age of Ultron was terrible. He got booted off the Marvel Universe for Age of Ultron, and then he followed that up with with the, the Joss, uh, Justice League, which I mean, look, as much yeah. as I was like, hey, this was as bad as I thought it was to be, it wasn't good. Uh, so look, like, if, is the dude putting out anything worth a damn? No. So like,
3: well, part of I, it feels I, the like, thing is, he's, wor- he's like working. He was going to go away.
0: He was going to go away anyway. We don't need to bullshit. He, a bunch he of was
3: stuff. the showrunner of that new show that's coming out on HBO. Yeah,
0: the and can't.
3: they they've scrubbed his involvement, but he pretty much wrote and show ran the first season and he created the show. Uh, they're just make, not making that a selling point anymore. And never heard
0: of it. What we talking about here. Do we know what we're talking you
3: know, about? The Uniques or something? Yeah, heard. Really, weird, yeah, yeah. If you watch anything on HBO Max. Acts, they were throwing the fucking trailer on t- on the front of every damn thing. So it was pretty hard to miss. It's okay, basically cool. it's basically the X-Men in Victorian times is what he's doing.
0: OK. Well, look. OK. Well, that's fine. Oh, uh, the, the last few things that Joss Whedon's done in my brain that I've experienced have not really been all that great right. anyway. Well, and, so, and
3: they, they have spoken to a lot of narcissism and uh, anger and just – you know he he wasn't a good guy on that set. and yeah, he, I hear about and, that all the time. Yeah.
0: All these directors are like this where they're trying mm-hmm. to get the Kubrick, most out of these actors. Kubrick was notorious is for
3: it well I think Cubic would be cancelled at this point <laughs> you know the no shitty pulled on no, Shelly Duvall I mean, for the still be
2: working he would still be saying, working writing he would still be writing scripts and all that other shit it's I
3: just guarantee
2: some, some people wouldn't go see him other people will
3: Carrie Fisher was one of the best spin doctors around back in the 80s but you didn't see her name on a lot of credits because she just didn't advertise it I guarantee you Joss Whedon will continue to write he'll continue to do stuff I don't think he's done anything bad enough to where they're going to full on cast him he's just not going to be given potential billion dollar movies anymore Yeah. Um but he's not going to go away. If Max Landis didn't go away, he's not going to go away.
0: True. Sure. So wait, did, did he do anything illegal? No, nah, did, he's, he's just he He's to... just yeah. be an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, all right, that's fine.
2: I mean, well, like, except for the except for that one actress who played Don, which I thought was pretty fucked up. Where she was like, "Well, there was one rule: Josh wasn't allowed to be alone with me, and that's all I'm going to say." And I'm like, "Yeah, you gotta have to say more." Like, mm-hmm. okay, that you sounds. Can't, little... You can't throw something like that out there and then but I can't say anymore. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, that's that's fucked up. Yeah. Okay,
0: I. I, I should should probably just step back because i have not heard enough i, I just know it's something like some people are coming out saying he was an asshole on buffy vampire slayer and i knew that uh ray fisher had some words for him I, I, so I, I i'll sus- probably sit this yeah. one out guys I, I, I,
3: I suspect there might have been some casting couch situations there but i i think that she was under ray fisher <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's why he wore the guy liner. Um But yeah, I, I, I do yeah. think there were some casting couch issues there, but I don't necessarily think that there was about Dawn, you know, like the, yeah. that actress, Michelle Trachtenberg. I think probably it's more about him either being just such an asshole. And so well, she alluded to it, which is manipulative. Kind of up. I think he was probably saying inappropriate shit for, for a teenager to be around a teenager. I, I don't think it necessarily goes further than that. If it does, more, more people would have to talk. But he doesn't really work for with sure. any age people. So I don't really see, you know, I don't really see it. A- can we do special guests now? Yes, we can do special guests now. Okay, so
2: we all know now that Martian Manhunter made some fucking appearance
3: in the movie. He's the last person in the last scene.
2: No, well, two. Well, he made two scenes. The very last mm-hmm. scene, but he also appeared as Ma Kent. Mm-hmm. So are we to allude that he was always Ma Kent when <laughs> he was watching him with Superman? <laughs> yes, that's
3: and exactly right. And if so,
2: right. was Paul Kent fucking Martian Manhunter? Yes. Which means she Martian can- Manhunter has no male or female body parts. Like he's, what is called? Polly, Polly,
0: whatever? Yeah. Multi? Paul, yeah. He he obviously killed Ma Kent back in, you know. Snap uh, neck. When he found out. LL, like story, when he found out the LL. When he found out. Let me talk. did a story
2: where Martian Manhunter was watching over Superman as a child mm-hmm. to determine whether he'd have to, like, take him out when he was little?
0: Yep. Yeah. So this explains why Ma and Pa Kent never had any other kids. Because <laughs> that wasn't a woman with a womb. It, it was actually facial Martian. wouldn't work, yeah. Yeah. So he raised him. And th- that's what we got. That That's how. Look, this it all makes sense when you think of it that way. All Right. Uh, Paw Kent, pa Kent was figuring it out, which is why he committed suicide in that tornado. Because <laughs> he realized he'd been fucking a Martian the whole time and he was all like, I this is a weird shit going on here. And he just took the out. Um and then yeah, I mean it's all really self explanatory. I don't understand why we're even arguing about this.
3: Uh, and actually Paw Kent was Zook, his former sidekick, and uh that's why he got taken out. Either that you know, or Martian Manhunter Man was both of them and they got tired the of the double duty. Hmm? That's
0: true. Okay. Do we ever see them in the same scene at the same time? Martian Manhunter or uh Paw Kent and Ma Kent. Are they ever at this? In the same scene at the same time.
2: Yeah, they are in the Superman movie. Mm, I'm not so sure about now, that. Now, this one, when they showed Martian Manhunter as Ma Kent and then Ma Kent is leaving the farm, someone tried to say, Well, no, 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 so you don't understand. um There were two different people. And I'm like, But wouldn't it have been strange when Lois Lane asked Ma Kent, Remember when I told you to stay here in Mon- Metropolis with me and you didn't? And Ma Kent would have been like, No. So they never really explained. Like, there, there was never that one scene where you see Martian Manhunter as Ma Kent looking at Ma Kent in a car
0: or walking away. It was really dumb, and I thought it ruined a really good scene in the movie. <laughs> sorry. Like, I, I thought that that uh, her leaving the house because it got foreclosed on, and then coming to talk to Lois, Lois because they were the only two that really knew Clark left on the planet. I thought that was a really good scene, and then she walked out and morphed into Martian Manhunter. I was like, "This is fucking dumb."
2: I, I, swear, that's I was confused. Stupid. I was like, "So who thought this was a good idea?" But that's what I was quick. So, are they alluding that Martian Manhunter was always Malkin?
3: I think he was both of the can and he was literally going to fuck himself at night. Yeah, it's See, better now. Than you're that.
2: just shitting on it. I'm being honest like I know
3: uh, here, here, I hear God's honest truth it. God's honest truth yeah I wouldn't put it past Snyder so I'm not gonna say one way or the you other know,
2: you know he's already saying that Lois Lane was pregnant it,
3: they very soon sure she opens the drawer
2: and there's a pregnancy test mm-hmm. which was I I remember once when they did that scene I'm like why is she opening a drawer and I'm like oh there's a big pregnancy test there I get it they're trying to tell me that she's pregnant
3: well and she got like the the gigantic box like she's checking herself multiple times a week yes uh and they lingered on it for so long It was the least so little thing and apparently a he
2: alluded to In the other movies, that she would start showing or some shit like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. That she was pregnant.
3: Yeah. Which is probably why Batman went after his world, was because of this Kryptonian baby and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 I just. Yeah, the baby was going to punch his way out of her and she was going to die and Batman was going to be part of the problem and that's why he was going to get blamed and the nightmare was going to happen. You think so? Yep. Oh, that's
2: You know what? That's a very good... That explains the whole nightmare bullshit. Huh. I was always wondering how they were going to work that in there.
3: And, and uh, yes, it's... Wait, did just, you
2: hear this from someone? Or did no, you no, no, no. no.
3: I'm, I'm just throwing it out there.
2: Because actually, it sounds pretty fucking cool. <laughs> Like, I'd be like, holy shit. Like, Batman thinks that's, or Superman thinks Batman killed Lois, not realizing it was his own child. But Batman doesn't want to tell Superman, hey, actually, your 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 offspring killed her. So I'm putting up with this shit. So now you're going all batshit crazy and you're destroying us and killing all humans and tracking us down. And Just apparently remember, bat- Zack huh? Snyder
3: directed the Dawn of the Dead remake with the zombie baby. That's, you know, he's got a history.
2: True. Because honestly, the way the movie ended, I was fine with it. The epilogue ruined the movie for me. Mm-hmm. Epilogue I was really hate- terrible, though. That nightmare well, scene. Which
3: one exactly?
2: Uh, I thought the one with Martian Manor, I hated the way he introduced himself. Where he's like, they call me Martian Manor. I'm like, Th- why? Why? Why would, yeah, you, like, why would you introduce I, I yourself as a said, Martian Manhunter? I would have looked. all he had to do was say, my name is, what, John Jones,
3: mm-hmm. but Just I'm John. known as the Martian Manhunter.
2: Okay. Who no. they? Like, no, call me who, the Martian Manhunter. Who
3: is this they he's speaking of because he never yeah. does a fucking thing across all these movies? Yes. Dude, why, why would you approach,
0: it, approach a man and say you're called the Martian manhunter hunter. Like, after. After, after being ma kent being a manhunter just like dude nobody calls him batman they all call him bruce nobody yeah. calls wonder woman wonder woman they all call her diana why, why would you why do you have to introduce him as the martian manhunter is it because you his he looks so terrible you're not really sure that that's actually martian manhunter uh like just say my name is john you know what i mean like yeah. i don't understand it's just completely but between him ruining this stu- i know this is supposed to be frank we're talking to between him ruining the lois and uh martha kent moment, and then him showing up and calling him, I'm the Martian Manhunter. And I'm like, this is stupid. This is you putting some scenes in because people called for it on Twitter.
2: Well, no, no, no. He wanted, apparently he wanted to use Green Lantern, but they wouldn't let him because they're doing their own show on that.
0: No, I I heard, do you want to hear what I heard, or what I read on Twitter? It was that he wanted Jon Stewart, and they didn't want a black Green Lantern, which is more cancelable. Like, there's nothing to substantiate that that was, I think it's Zack Snyder alluded that they didn't want him, so people are making it. Well, no,
2: HBO is doing it a Green Lantern show with a bunch of Green Lantern.
0: Okay, so then that's why. Why are we trying to say it's because it was the Black Green Lantern? You know what I mean? So yeah. he used, so he like compromised with Martian Manhunter. And it, I'm like, dude, it, it can was we a, get over yeah. this shit? We're trying to cancel everybody having to do with mm-hmm. Warner Brothers now mm-hmm. just because the stupid fucking movie didn't come out.
3: You mean the guys are oh. going to need to green light the fucking sequels and, and totally. follow up if you want so bad? Yeah. And, people and that I, let it come out. it's literally from a Vanity Fair article that you can read where they're doing an interview with Snyder and he says that he wanted to use John Stewart but Warner Brothers said no we have plans for for him we don't want him to be in your movie we want him to save him for our plans so that's not racism that's you know wisdom Uh, and and nobody cared enough about uh, Martian Manhunter so they're like you can have this guy instead and so they designed him to look like one of those exotic fruits that you don't know how to cut and eat from the grocery store
0: A, a star fruit yeah. or whatever. Yeah, star
2: fruit. Yeah. And then I, I I, just, like I said, the whole nightmare scene with the Joker and Batman, I was just like, why? Like, why? Dude,
0: how did he say, why'd you bring me along other than the reach around? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, this. did he just say reach around? It, I guess he ad libbed that. And I'm
3: like, mm-hmm. okay. and Snyder Zod- Zod- was like, that was so cool. He ad libbed that. It's like, so you're saying that Joker's going to ass fuck Batman and stroke his dick at the same time? And this is a move. I, I, and I realize you're doing the R rated version now. So you can go as far as you want to. Yeah. In what universe does anybody need that imagery in their mind and and, and feel that that's appropriate and feel that that's something that enriches your movie and your character? And he, I, made, he, he just did it because
2: they used his nightmare scene in the other one. And he's like, I got to go darker now. Mm-hmm. Like we gotta go real far this time, because the other one just had Superman, Laser, and Human. I gotta go even further.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I just, I was like, why? Like, I, it made no sense to me.
3: No, oh, yeah, it was terrible. And uh, I, I continue to insist, uh, insist that Jared Leto is the worst Joker of all time. Um, and he's gross and awful. And that whole sequence was disgusting and unnecessary. And I, uh, you know, I was waiting for sam wise to show up as well, because there were just so many fucking stingers. Um, you may not remember, but from the the 2017 version of Justice League the one with Lex Luthor and Deathstroke yeah. was uh, setting up the Legion of Doom which I, yeah. I'm really into. It, it, you saw in this version it was much longer and they're setting up the Ben Affleck Batman movie with Deathstroke that never came about sure. um, and it goes on forever and it makes there's more of that awful Lex Luthor and uh, he kind of makes Deathstroke seem like kind of a punk uh, that was just bad and that didn't help anything um, but the, for me of course being a Mars Banditner fan fan uh, that last stinger which of course isn't a stinger because it's the end of the movie because they try to put all of that stuff into the actual movie where Marvel would have kind of put it into parts of the closing credits and that's the yeah. way to approach it because it just comes out of nowhere that last sequence with Manhunter and it looks like shit and the costume is terrible because again Horrible. they just had Superman show up in the black and silver costume and now they're giving Marshall Manhunter another black costume that looks raggedy as hell with those shitty X you know cape things on him you know and all I can think is again and the CW did it better with shitty CGI years ago the introduction was done better the design was better um, I prefer I, I think Harry Lennox is an alright actor to play Manhunter, and I know he's a big guy but the problem is he was been playing General Swanwick in all those movies the sequence with Lois and, and uh, Martha Manhunter what nah. does that accomplish? because yeah. Lois was going every day they set that up she brings a coffee to the cop every day and goes to the memorial so it's not like he inspired her to go that one last time if, if anything he was inspiring her to to go to the Daily Planet. All these alien invasions, all this fucked up shit happens. He does nothing, and he knows about all of it. Donna just make a point yeah. of he's involved with Lois Lane's investigation, and he's the one who tells her about the bullets and everything else like that. So he's constantly involved, and he's in a role not completely dissimilar from the D E O. role he had in Supergirl. And Supergirl did it a million times better with a much better design, and and it, it made it much more organic to the story they were telling. It's just see, fucking I wanted, awful.
2: See, I wanted your view because I've never seen Supergirl. I know you have you've watched that, very clip, very though, though, that, that, magical, that clip that clip was all over the place
3: I am huh? John Jones you saw that clip yeah yeah everybody saw that fucking clip from the Supergirl yeah, yeah. I mean yeah yourself. I thought he looked cool yeah
2: but I mean, again that's the Arrowverse so you you don't like when when you know King Shark comes out or fucking Gorilla Grodd I'm not expecting like fucking Marvel CG mm-hmm. but I wanted it to be believable in that universe and it usually is it always yeah. is I, I've never had a problem with their CG in terms of the TV shows
3: yeah I mean I've they always, have to use it very sparingly because it costs them a lot of money but like it in one of the earlier episodes where they show his origin sequence, And that looked phenomenal as well. But it, right. that, there's nothing wrong with that design. They could have literally taken the CGI file and put it into this movie. I'd have been much happier. But once again, Zyder had to put his stamp on it and it looked like fucking trash. And that would have been three members of the Justice League in all black. It's, it's just, he's the wrong fucking guy for this shit. Yeah. It's coming out of black and white, so. Oh, God, that's so stupid. I, I, I tweeted out about that. It's like it's, it's perfect bleaching of color and making about it nothing but contrasts. Uh, that's Snyder's take on the DCU in, the, in, in a nutshell uh, I will say one more thing uh, I do prefer the, the Justice League I do prefer the two hour cut I recognize they go into a lot more detail and things make more sense and there are sequences from the extended version the Zack Snyder's Justice League that are better or at least interesting but I know I'm never going to sit here and watch four hours of this thing again I will watch Justice League it does have flaws but it fucking moves and I enjoy a lot of the stuff that was changed and I think a lot of those changes were done for the better and i'm just a much more keen on watching an action-packed two-hour movie as opposed to a lot of leaden acting and sad bastard music over aquaman walking from a bar to a pier i don't need all that shit i'm never going to watch this shit again I especially i'm going to watch it in black and white or no. when
0: they do they, they do the full i don't know what language they were speaking where they sing as he goes oh, into the water. That was oh yeah that was and they weird. just keep singing and singing and i <laughs> and look over and my and wife, the girl I'm like smells this. his shirt mm-hmm. and i'm like this is why it's four hours i'm <laughs> like yeah. this is the shit they it would never make it into a theatrical release, and that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, "This is dumb, dude. <laughs> this is so stupid." But you know, there are people who were like, "Yeah, she got to sing. This is so awesome." And I'm like, oh, "She smelled the way the
3: Aquaman smelled." What,
0: dude? Like, oh,
3: that's so why he had to put on the shirt because he's like Tom Jones. He's constantly throwing like articles of clothing out for the girls to swoon over. I swear to God,
2: he took off that damn shirt like every ten minutes. Every time he was on scene, he had a shirt on and he took it off.
3: Well, we see. you ever see him arriving? So he the expectations of the panties were supposed to come his way and then he throws in the shirt on the way out and he was really disappointed that Diana didn't throw her star spangled stuff at him yeah <laughs> I knew this was going to be a lot I knew this was going to be so much I, know I you know, that, you on your But even me... like, oh shit here we
0: go just cut out all of me talking about Man of Steel and Don can you just cut all that out like it's so just get to the Snyder cut cut delete all that because if we're going to talk about all the DC movies I'll save all that for the DC movie Ranking. I don't
3: know that we're going to talk about all of them I really feel like there's too many of them and especially because we never did episodes devoted to Shazam or Birds of Prey that we kind of need to we're going to need that space later on now I'm not saying that I won't Move it around or cut it some, or maybe save some of it for just later. Cut it, it out. Yeah. It could it, it it almost it, be an episode of its own because it's a. It's a yeah. we, we'd talk for like 30, 45 minutes of just about the prelude stuff. So maybe we'll, I'll yeah, do I two know. episodes out of it. I don't know. We'll see how it goes.
0: I, I didn't realize we were going to talk this much about this movie. So that's why I, I like, knew
3: we were going to talk this much about this movie. I had no doubt I didn't,
0: I didn't know we were going to talk about J- honestly You also cut all the Joss Whedon stuff out, too. I don't think anybody's listening to this podcast to hear about Joss Whedon. Just to be honest. I think that was an interesting take to. to I, I think. There are
3: people that specifically listen to the podcast for shit like that. You know, that's the we hear about those guys on Twitter where they're like, you know, "We want us to hear that left field, what the fuck, you know, uh, uh insight." So, oh, wait, wait, wait,
0: okay. So, so that's a good segue. This is obviously you can stop recording.
3: And start I'll, I'll get it. Or... Stop recording now.
1: Well, people, I've been here before. I know this room, and I've walked this floor. You see, I used to live alone before I knew ya, and I've seen your flag on the marble arch. But listen, love. Love is not some kind of victory march. No, it's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah. We got Facebook likes and loves from Michael Wagner and Debeige. Wagner also wrote in anticipation of this episode, I'm ready. Twitter's our main zone, so thanks to the 108th Sage. Alan Middleton. Canoes. Dr. and Chris Dunford. Chris Lydon. Chris Thompson. Dick Ashton who added woohoo, thanks R.S.P., Ed Moore, El Romero Miro, Emmett Matheson, Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast, Green Lantern H.G., I'll Be the Light in the Dark, The Hammer Strikes, Random Geeky Stuff, History of Comics on Film, Hicks, Famous Influencer, Iowa's Joe Crawford, Jeffrey Brown, They Them, John is Watching Cartoons, KSCGSF Podcast Keith G. Baker Kenny Crowley Jr. My cat send aliens to me, who added I know it isn't cool to say, but I really enjoyed the Aquaman movie. Milo Dream Min Randy Caldwell Ranger Gord Raven X Fields Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast Reverend Odell Abner Dracula Richard G. Sean Phillips, Siskoid, Tim Price, The Podcrasher, Torah, Trekker Talk, Iftar, and Wonder Woman, Warrior for Peace podcast.
3: The preceding program is a non-profit fan production. Any copyrighted materials contained therein are believed borrowed under fair use with no copyright infringement intended. Please feel free to leave comments at the Rolled Spine Productions WordPress blog. You can also send us Twitter comments through the Rolled Spine Podcast Twitter. Thank you for listening.